This is Admiral Trench to all fighters. Sweep through their flank. Then move the cruisers forward to exploit their opening. I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. It's filled with nothing but feeble tactics and juvenile strategies. Ah, excellent. Concentrate the main batteries and destroy those pitiful Republic ships. And that liner you just heard was from listener Morgan Ellis, who is the winner of our Clone Wars liner contest and has won a free copy of Collapse of the Republic. Morgan, congratulations. And thank you to all of you who sent in liners for our contest. It was great hearing them all, and you guys will get to hear them all in our episodes to come. The BBC would like to announce that the next scene is not considered suitable for family viewing. While John Cleese did say it best, this particular episode of the Order 66 podcast is, one, not only extremely spoiler-filled for Star Wars Episode Nine, so fair warning, but two, has a great deal of adult language in it. So be careful for little listeners with little ears. Broadcast live. You're listening to the Order 66 Podcast, brought to you by Gamer Nation Studios, D20 Radio, and the generous donations of Jared Williams, Kevin Malone, Donald Weller, Sean Kumar, Darren Hampton, Andy Bethel, B. Witzel, and Balaam's Blasters. Is up, Gamer Nation? GM Chris here, and if you're tuning in for the first time, I am terribly sorry, because this is a weird, wild, wacky, far-out, solid, and right-on episode that it diverges so completely from what we normally do, but we still hope you love it. Welcome to the Order 66 podcast, the original podcast entirely devoted to Star Wars gaming, and I am joined tonight by not one, not two, not even, yeah, no, exactly, three co-hosts of uh, <laughs> Verve, Vigor, and Vibrancy. Um, and a little bit of um, nostalgia. Is that right, Phil? Nostalgia. I'd go with that. Yes. You go. You go. Would you go with nostalgia? Um, uh, joining us. Joining us on the podcast. Um, the the man, the ghost of of <laughs> Christmas past, uh, who has come back to us after almost a, almost two years, closer to a year and a half of complete hiatus from this show, um, is the living legend. Um, uh, Mr. GM Dave. Dave? Good evening, gentlemen It's uh, and ladies. This is a uh, it's 47 degrees outside, and uh, I feel fine. Thank you. Celsius for our uh, uh, international listeners. Well, <clears throat> Celsius. All right, so that's closer to about 16 Celsius. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back, brother. Uh-oh. How are you? She's frozen again, you know. Is she? Oh, yeah. Man. Fourth, I'm okay. Our fourth, all things our considered, fourth, our fourth guest keeps freezing. <clears throat> this is. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you are okay. All things considered, Chief. That's right, man. Oh wow. Um, 
I'm 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 glad to hear your yeah, how how are you doing, dude? Oh man, you know what? I'm I'm doing good. We're uh we're in the midst of doing several things. We've closed up the game shop, which is uh, the primary reason that I wasn't ever with you guys anymore. Uh so that's gone away. Um and what has also gone away for the most part is my brain tumor, which is really cool. That's fantastic news. That is phenomenal news, Chief. I know, dude. We're uh, we've gone from uh 12 millimeters to three different little mini masses of less than a millimeter a piece. So it's all, it's uh, it's very positive, very good. That's fantastic news, brother. Yeah, I know it's great. That's absolutely wonderful. And we have a fourth voice joining us for this extra special stuplenderforous episode. Um, somebody who has has been it has been since two thousand and fourteen, February of two thousand and fourteen. Since this one-time regular host for the golden days of the Order 66 podcast graced our airwaves uh, when I was gone and did an extra special episode with Dave all about attachments, some of our more eagle-eyed listeners. That makes no sense, eagle-eyed listeners. Uh, <laughs> uh, some of our more sharp-eared listeners might remember. Twi'lek goodness. Welcome back to the show, madam. Twilight. It's great to be back and you are um quite flattering i don't know how much grace i actually brought especially in reference to that one episode where you were out and it was just me and dave um but i appreciate it and i'm excited it was a bucket of awk that we have never experienced since yeah <laughs> yes yeah i listened to it after the fact whoa <laughs> well, hopefully tonight will be just as much awk, um, <laughs> or we'll 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 see. As I as I am bound and determined to drain this bottle of some Southern Comfort tonight. Um, and to that end, uh, gentlemen and lady, I think it is time, is it not, before we get on to the celebratory of celebratoriness, that maybe we talk a little bit about some announcements. Okay, sure. Why not? Let's do it. Hello there. What have we here? Good news. Announcements, announcements. What do we got, Phil? Well, we got the featured podcast of the week. And if you're a Star Wars fan, and you should be if you're listening to this podcast... <laughs> Then you have got to be listening to the Guardians of the Wills podcast. Dustin, Neil, and the rest of the crew do an amazing job, not only with very well-produced live play, but also deep-dive discussions into the legends and the expanded universe material of Star Wars. Their most recent episode was just that, with a comprehensive discussion of the new Jedi Fallen Order video game, and then The Mandalorian Episodes 5 and that sharp left turn Episode 6. A fun show made by true Star Wars fans, and you should go give it a listen. You can find this and many more great podcasts at www.d20radio.com. Yo, and I'm here to tell you a little bit about this thing that we have in the first week of April called Gamer Nation Con. I don't know if you've heard what? of it or not. You know? I, I haven't heard of it. Yeah. yeah we do Thank a really... You. We do a pretty good job of keeping that secret, except for the 104 people that show up every single year. 
Gamer Nation Con 7. Badges, sales are live. Of course, all the MVG sold out in uh, something like 26 minutes this year, but... Uh, that long? Yes, there are still some... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that last one lingered for a solid 20 minutes. Um, so there's still some RVG levels out there for you to play with your favorite podcast host uh, of certain podcasts. I think, Chris, yours is gone, but... Uh, you know, the uh, some of the others, you know, like the non as well known or the not very much liked, like uh, <coughs> Phil. Um, <laughs> it's all well and good. Still have a few openings, yeah. But uh, there's quite a few to choose from. Those RBG levels get you some special stuff. And, uh, and then, of course, you know, I, I am looking forward to the convention. I am going to choose this time to announce that I am bringing with me a virtual reality rig so that we can play Beat Saber for those Ooh. of you who have not seen it or played it. Yes. <laughs> Slick. Slick, dude. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yep. I love it. Yep, well, yep, yep. Well, I'm hyper excited for Beat Saber. I'm hyper excited for those awesome RVG games. We got, uh, obviously, uh, the, the we, got, we got this podcast, of course. We got The Forge, uh, my other podcast with Huli. Um, we have the man himself, Scott Zumwalt, uh, one of the head honchos of the Genesis RPG community. Um, and, of course, one of the hosts of the Don't Spare podcast. He's got a huge thing going on. Um, we have several other shows. Guardians of the Wills, we just mentioned. They've got some. We've got quite a few RPG levels. And, of course, Phil and the other folks at Studio 404 have several RPG levels where you guys can not only get a badge, but a custom game with this person, whomever it might be. Hi. <laughs> That you choose. It's lovely. Um, and of course, our special guest of honor, um, uh, FFG's own and the man really behind the Genesis Foundry, Tim Huckleberry, Foundry. Mm -hmm. um, is going to be there. It's fantastic. And uh, TG's going to be there also being TG. <laughs> and me. I mean, because that's really why anybody ever comes, right? That's the only reason I come. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <clears throat> I know that's right. Oh, no, November just wasn't a thing for you, was it? You all heard. You all heard the uh, the the, the uh, BBC warning at the start of the show, right? It will be there. Um, <clears throat> um, yep. I'm, well, that's good to know. I am way too sloshed for it not to be. <laughs> I'm oh. working on my. I'm working on the uh, the rest of my fourth one here. Oh boy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm loving. I'm loving the chat. Uh, Robert Shank in chat wants to know those watching live. He says, uh, "When is when is this Gamer Nation Con? April second. Uh, is, is when it starts, brother. Uh, second through the fifth um, of April, or was that right? Or is it fifth through seventh? I thought it was fifth through the eighth. But... <laughs> wow, I'm so sloshed. The... <laughs> yeah, it's 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 April. Like, and this is the man who creates the banners. Yeah, every yeah, year? yeah. Every, it's a, every, it's a wonder why, why we... it's wrong every single year. Robert, right? Robert, <laughs> Robert. It's April second through the fifth. 2020. Thank you very much. I was right. Are you sure it's not 2019? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure. Are you sure it's not May? Uh, <laughs> I hate you guys. I know. I know. You invited them on. I'm just saying, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have yeah, no one to blame for yourself, right. but yourself. That's right. Yeah, we had to actually pull back Chris when he announced Gamer Nation Con 8 over Easter weekend, and we had to say, whoa, hey, dude, back off a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't an announcement, it was just a comment. 
but yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, but we adjusted it pretty quickly. But yeah, it's super exciting. Seriously, I am thrilled for this coming Gamer Nation Con. Um, it's it's going to be incredible. Also, I'd like to point out that Gamer Nation Con 007, obviously our theme for the seventh con is espionage. You guys know what opens in the U.S. on the weekend of the second? Yes, we do. No Time to Die, James Bond. Man. I know. I'm, I have no doubt. You see, I'm very torn. I thought about organizing maybe like a really late night showing where we get a bunch of attendees to go watch it. But then I realized that's like two or three hours of gaming I wouldn't be able to get in. That's there t- is that. That's a tough well, call. you know. I mean, why don't we just call Daniel Craig and have him put together a showing for Wednesday night after dinner? I'm sure he'll oblige. You, you, I, uh, yeah. I mean, Dave, you, you have you, him on speed dial. Dave, you get right on that. You get right on I mean, right, no problem. It, and if that doesn't work, then we just do it after the dinner on Sunday. <clears throat> uh, yeah, yeah, after the dinner on Sunday, too. I mean, why can't we just have dinner? I mean, yeah, I mean, we're on first name basis with Eddie almost. So let's get, you know, let's get him involved and see if we can do that. Huh? What you mean we, white man? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but listen, if you guys want to find out more about Gamer Nation Con, we would love to see you there. Honestly, uh, you can check it out at GamerNationCon.com for all the beats. Um, and of course, follow us on social media. Um, great way to get constant announcements and also podcast info. You guys can stay in the know. Follow D20 Radio on the Facebooks for news and podcast info on a daily basis. You can also follow the GMs on Twitter, at D20 Radio. We post and tweet show info and announcements regularly, as well as all the special con announcements that are coming. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Out there every day, every day, every day. Because uh, we're out there every day. Yeah. No, sorry, day. sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Well, guys, um, I, I think we've waited long enough. I really think it's just time to flat out get into this. So, um, I thought it was very fitting, considering the end of a particular saga, that it would be very poetic. It's like it's like poetry. They rhyme. They rhyme. They, it's like poetry. It's, it's, it's terrible. Um, I thought it would be very fitting uh, and fun to have every host who has ever regularly hosted the Order 66 podcast back on this show, because at this point, we've all seen episode nine, and we want to talk about it. We want to talk about our thoughts. We want to talk about what we liked, what we didn't, our overall general about episode nine. Yeah, that. Um, and everything, everything, all of that. Um, and also how it can potentially relate to your games uh, and the games you are running. Um, and so it goes without saying that this is going to be a spoiler, fantastic, spoiler filled discussion. If you have not seen uh, episode nine yet, you need to stop the podcast right now. You need to stop this live stream right now. Um, and you do not need to listen anymore because we will be talking everything and everything fast, hard, and deep spoiler territory. Mm. That's that's how I like it. That's how she likes it. Um, that's how she likes yeah. it. And interestingly enough, that's kind of how the movie started for me. But we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've, okay, I'm 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 gonna stop talking for a while and 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 let this free form insane narrative of a show that we're about to have go forth <laughs> mm-hmm. and solicit. Your feedbacks and general thoughts on the movie, Philbert. You have been relatively quiet so far, Fair. and um, being the Star Wars fan that you are, would you please would you please enlighten us with your generalized thoughts about the film? Sure. Um, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I had a good time. It was a fun film. I don't think it was a great film, 
Um, I question some of the choices they had. Uh, generally speaking, uh, for those of you who are involved in like LARPing or any kind of large uh, role-playing game or, or similar adventure where there's a bunch of writers who all contribute to something and then one of those writers goes away and the writer who picks it up kind of has to guess what the original writer was trying to do and trying to wrap things up in the plot line or maybe take it back in a direction where it wasn't where they didn't like it was going. I really feel like this was the case. I think they ignored a lot. Well, not ignored. I'm sorry. I think they rewrote a lot of what happened in Last Jedi. And I'm not quite happy with that. But overall, it was a fun film. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a very nice capstone to the end of the Skywalker saga. And we'll go into further nitpicky detail as the show goes on. Uh, rolling it over to Dave. What did you? What were your first general impressions, sir? My first general impression is that I really wish the Skywalker saga had ended. That is my number one beef I've got with this film is that she's Ray. I loved it when she said, I'm just Ray. I'm Ray from nowhere. Yeah. And when they, I, I, I think that the image, never mind. You know what? I'm, I'll leave, I'll leave, uh, I'll leave specifics for a little bit later, especially as it relates to the end of the film. So my impression is, and, and I, I know a lot of you have probably already seen my ranking. I put it pretty much smack dab in the middle of what I consider to be my tier one uh, Star Wars films, <clears throat> but at the very end. I consider it to be the finest of the Star Wars sequels, meaning 7, 8, and 9. I also consider it to be the worst of the Star Wars sequels. So I'll explain the dichotomy there in a little bit, but um, the, 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 basic, the basic gist of it is I was entertained. Um, it was truly Michael Bay does Star Wars, and for that, okay, you know what? That is, that is fine. The, the pace, the pace of the film, the, the part that was just a couple of places to breathe, that's fine. It kept me, it kept me very entertained. The mechanics of the cinematography, the, 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 the writing choices, the, the, the directing choices left a lot to be desired, but I choose not to quibble with that. I just really, really hated the ending. So there you go. Is Krista back yet? No, her audio's been giving her issues. She'll she'll come back on when she comes on. Um, but I guess I'll give my general thoughts. Um, I had fun. I left having seen a fun movie. Um, but <clears throat> I, I felt I felt like I needed to go like cool down. I felt like I needed a nap after the movie was over. Mm. Um, Michael Bay does Star Wars. Um, everything was was ridiculously turned up to eleven. But what angered me most, and what I'm going to rant precipitously about, precipitously. No, no, it's my word. It's my word, Dave. Precipitously. <laughs> what I'm gonna what I'm gonna rant precipitously about, um, is. This film highlighted for me a lot of really in inadequacies I don't think I realized were there with the entire sequel trilogy. And and we'll 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 talk about that and we'll get into it. Krista, you're back. What are your mm -hmm. what are your overall thoughts on this and it and its and its place in the sequel trilogy? I loved this film. I 
because I think it is the best film that we could have hoped for after episode eight, after the last film that was so disjointed from the first. It took the pieces and while it it kind of erased some of what had happened in a way. I mean, it dealt with what happened in the last um, movie. It it did it in a really, you know, just magic wand kind of way, right? But I think that's the best you could have hoped for in order to create a film that would still feel like Star Wars and still be a good story to tell. I think it's a film that almost stands on its own. I mean, you do kind of need to know a little history about Kylo and Rey um, that happened in the first episode, or not first episode, but, you know, the first episode in the saga. Um, But I... I, you know, I I thought it was a really good film. I really enjoyed it. I liked it for what it had to be. Does that make sense? Yes. So one of the primary reasons that I also wanted to bring Krista on this show was because she and I had very diametric views of this film, <laughs> um, uh, which is great, uh, and that's good podcast. But good podcasting, and I want to talk about it. So, guys, why don't we why don't we get into the film kind of beat by beat? Let, let's let's kind of go through the progression of this film. We'll talk about interesting points that really stuck with us, how things might impact people's games, okay, in terms of the overall lore. But also, we can take this opportunity at certain points to bitch or expand or <laughs> shish boom raw and congratulate and, and do whatever we need to do. So I'm gonna I, I gotta I just gotta get this out there, okay? Um, since this is this is an R-rated show, that fucking opening crawl. And the beginning of yeah. this movie, it didn't even buy me dinner. It threw me down on the bed and just, <laughs> just like, told me to enjoy myself. Okay, and, but you did. Uh, and, and, I, and I did. It, okay. It treated you with intelligence. Just because it was fast and hard doesn't mean that it was dumb and that it, it knew you were smart enough to take it. I, I, I'm agreeing with Chris on this one. I, I I have not been impressed with the opening crawls on any of these films in the last three, the latest three films. And this one, least of all, from the first sentence, I as soon as that popped up, I'm like, what? The dead speed. That's the opening sentence to this crawl. <laughs> the dead speaks exclamation point. <laughs> With a slammer! I don't think we've That's ever right. gotten an exclamation point in an opening crawl before. Um, <clears throat> what was the opening crawl for any of the originals? So what was those first sentences in the originals? Uh, something like, you know, the, the, the galaxies in chaos was one of them. Um... <clears throat> far, far from the dead speak! <laughs> like, right. The dead speak! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but listen. Oh, but it is a period of civil war. Rebel starships striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire. During the battle, rebel spies manage to steal secret plans from the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star, an armored space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet. Pursued by the Emperor's sinister agents. Princess Leia races home aboard her starship, custodian of the plans that can save her people and restore freedom to the galaxy. 
There you go. Na- narrative. Okay. Narrative. But th- this one, it was like, <clears throat> but okay. And and listen, that's a lot of exposition. It's a lot. And Krista, you're right. There's like like opening crawls are all about the exposition. It's just that at least for me. In this case, the exposition was a freaking mic drop of something that should have been like an act two reveal. <laughs> Seriously. It's like, yeah. how, but, but okay, but once once I got over that, I was like, okay, okay, fine. Let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. You, you, you don't want to do foreplay? No foreplay. Fine. Let's just do it. Okay. Let's just freaking do it. Okay. So, so, so the opening crawl, Kylo Ren, you, you, we, we cut to Kylo Ren. Okay, and Kylo Ren is cleaning house. All right, he's slaughtering a bunch of no names on a no name planet in order to find. I am labeling them MacGuffin One. I have to call it MacGuffin One because there are three fucking MacGuffins in the movie. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, <coughs> if you want to get technical, if you really want to get super <laughs> technical, there's like six, but but it's okay. It's okay. Every movie should have a MacGuffin. Okay, so MacGuffin One is the first of the two Sith Wayfinders. Um, which 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 lead to the planet Exegol, okay? Um, and so then Kylo finds the Wayfinder, and he goes to Exegol, and he meets the Emperor, and the Emperor's like, bro, join my crew. Like, my squad needs a squid. Come join the crew. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and Kylo's like, fuck you. And then he's like, no, nah, for real, my squad's tight. And Kylo's like, okay. Uh, but it, 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 he I'll also proves he also is like, "Hey, look at my shiny toys." That's true. And you roll with me, you get this fleet. My first problem comes there. What the fuck does he need the first order for if he has that? People, mostly. what? People mostly. Apparently uh, not. He had like a people. freaking yeah, army sure. in the Sith Temple. Um. Hey. Yeah. And I don't want to. Okay, we're, we're dogging on this. I don't want to dog on it too much. There was a lot. I of, know. There was a lot I really liked. Okay. Hey, does does anybody think that they used Baby Yoda juice to basically make these things? By the way, just what what <laughs> things? The the clones and and, and uh, Snoke and his Force powers. It's Baby Yoda juice. It had to be. Just saying. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Um. So I I really actually enjoyed Kylo kicking some butt. That was kind of cool. Mm. Yeah. That was serious. Um, Kylo did good. Okay, so after this happens, we see Poe and Finn and Chewie, and they're off doing resistance stuff. Okay? Um, And they have this really cool scene on a really cool planet, um, and we find out there's a spy in the First Order. (laughs) All right? We find out there's a spy in the First Order. um, And then they do something that, I'm sorry, I thought this, and I I love... What are your thoughts on the on the the whole light speed skip chase? Uh, I, I tracking a ship through hyperspace like a big plot point deal in the last film. Yeah, that was the thing that I got confused. Like, if you're going to light speed skip, shouldn't that mean that they can't follow you? Or you know, I don't know how much. I don't know how much time they needed to spend trying to explain the mechanics behind it, but yeah, it did seem disjointed that when they when they skipped that there was Tie Fighters behind them. And since when did Tie Fighters get light speed engines? I'm just asking. Oh, uh, episode episode for, seven. I'm episode, asking for a friend. Episode seven. Oh, they did. Yeah. Yep. I don't. I guess I don't remember that. Yep. Oh, but we'll come back to this. The we'll come regular back to Tie this Fighter point two. I love the chase. 
I love the light skip speed skip oh, I, chase. Oh, hey, I did too. I thought it was cool. And listen, as again, there was so much, and and people. Okay, I'm I'm gonna say this now and just lay it on the table and and not gonna bring it up again. People talk. Oh, there's so much fan service in the film. Me, I'm like, God, there was so much fan service in the film. Like, I, like I freaking love the fan service. Like, give me more fan service. Drench me in it, okay? And um, uh, like if you get into the lore, like. There's so there's so much danger in doing a high a, a light speed skip in doing a jump without a plotted course. We 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 learn from episode four on. It's like if you don't have a properly plotted course, you could fly too close to a star, or bounce through a supernova, it'll end your day. It really. ain't exactly like cropping du- uh, uh, crop, dust and crops, cropping, boy. Cropping ain't like cropping <laughs> dusts, boy. Yeah. Um, and so I love the fact that they, that they actually showed that danger. And when they got back, he was like, he was like, the ship's on fire. The whole ship's on fire. The whole ship, all of it, it's on fire. And I was like, "That's that's freaking great." I I absolutely love it. I love, I did like that part. I really really did. Uh, that just as an aside, the chemistry between the three main actors. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Um, oh god, it is so good. Yeah, it's so good. It it pits, Don Boyega. Um, um, Oscar Isaacs and and Daisy, just Daisy Ridley, John Ridley. Boyega. Yeah, it was it was so good. It it was so good. It pissed me off. It pissed me off because when I saw those three on camera together and how good those scenes were, I'm like, why didn't I get that in all three movies? Yeah, because because I'm sorry, that chemistry between the core three is one of the things that was so great about the original trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, it, it, yeah, it took all of 33 minutes to get into it in episode four and it never went away ever. And, and yeah. it, it was so good. And it was, so, and they were so good on screen together. It was my, what it was so, so good. Um, I don't know, Krista, were you, you, you commented on that coming out. Yeah. That it, it felt like star Wars because yeah, the original, they have the, the core three. And so then you're, it's like you're getting the gang back together, but it's a new gang. And and they were fantastic. And this is getting a little meta. Maybe the the chemistry wasn't there when they were originally filming episode seven or eight. And it's because they've done two other films together that they have that kind of chemistry. Well, in eight, they didn't have any scenes together. Mm. Yeah, they were all off doing everything. They were doing their own thing. Poe was back on the ship, and yeah, and in seven, creating his own little mutiny. In seven, I mean, Daisy had Daisy had some good chemistry with John Boyega, but and yeah. Bo- and Boyega had some good chemistry with Poe, but the t- but mm-hmm. but but Poe and and uh, Ray never had any real screen time together at all in the first two films, like the very end. Uh, it was like it was like a throwaway scene. I mean, it was nothing. It was um, yeah. So wait. When they first met, the two of them are like going at each other. Not when they first met, but the when they first met in this episode, they were going at each other's throats because, you know, it. she sees it as partly her ship and he brought it back on fire. All of it on fire. All parts of the ship. What did you do to my droid? Right. So is that. I don't recall seeing that kind of animosity. I mean, it wasn't huge, but no, was that in the other episodes? No, no. So it gives you because of that, it gives you an impression that like their relationship has developed off screen, yeah. right? Because and and that's the little bits like that that's where I appreciate writing. the 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 director and the writers treating the audience 
as if they're intelligent. So great, right. great chemistry there. All right. Now, Ray is more than just a part of the squad, though. As we get as as we come into Ray in the film, Ray Ray is the Taylor Swift Taylor Swift of the squad. Okay, Taylor Squid. <laughs> the ta- she's Taylor Squid. Okay, she's Taylor Squid. Right. So 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 Ray <laughs> Ray so Ray is Taylor Squidding it with Leia as her new master, and she's whole doing Ang the Avatar. Uh, you know, the Last Airbender, which J.J. Abrams owes the writers of the Avatar: The Last Airbender so much freaking money. And if you don't, know, if you don't know what I'm saying, you need to go rewatch Avatar: The Last Airbender. And everything from the visuals in this film to the entire redemption arc of Kylo, you can you can pretty much line for line trace it back to Avatar: The Last Airbender. It's kind of creepy, actually. Hmm. Um, but there's that scene where she's floating and yeah. she's got those concentric rings of rocks floating around her, and I'm like, oh, it's Aang. Cool. Um, it's, hey, that's right. That's right. With talk to me, goose. All right. In the background. Uh, it was, but, but, but it was like, okay, she's, she's apparently a complete badass now. I mean, an utter, utter, complete, utter badass. Um, yeah, that, that escalated quickly. <laughs> um, given what we learn later in the, sh- in the film, I'm a little okay with that, actually. Yeah. Um, if episode eight didn't exist, I would be too. If episode eight didn't make a point of explaining to me that it doesn't matter what your bloodline is and that anyone can make a difference and that that's the whole fucking point of the movie, then then fine. But as we'll come to, <coughs> my, I mean, my biggest problem was that they, for good or bad, took episode eight, wadded it up and threw it in the trash can. So yeah, that never happened. Uh, I kind of did. I, I, I kind of, I view it in... You know, my own personal selfishness, because I wanted to be right about the Palpatine thing, that the guess that I made in 2016, I liked it, but I didn't like it all at the same time, right? It was, it's, it felt like a almost disingenuous nod to fan service, right? Like writing Rose out of the freaking movie for the most part, you know, that's kowtowing to your, to your critics. And I really yeah, don't I like did, that. I didn't like you that know? at all. I was not pleased that, that she got relegated to like second or third tier. She was an extra. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she really was. I mean, they made one uh, one note about her being promoted and is more important now. Okay, great. But you know what? She went in the film yeah. for the most part. It was it was weird. It was a little awkward. And in even in the filming during during the film while you're watching it, you kind of go, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, I was awkward there going, where, where, enough where, to make you feel. Where, where's the Rose and and Finn? storyline where's where's their romance going what, what yeah the hell? what what, what not, did happen with that there. right that's just that's just one of those things that got left on the floor from episode eight that pissed me off it's not there mm-hmm. it's not there um so okay we meet ray she's training she's a badass it's all good then the story shifts you know and we're getting into the meat of act one it's all about finding exegol these this original sith planet all right in order to find exegol we don't have MacGuffin number one. We got to get MacGuffin number two. MacGuffin number two is the other wayfinder, the Sith wayfinder that points the way to Exegol, right? Right. Um, and and so and so to do that, we, we got to go to this one planet, um, desert planet number three, because um, because there's there's Tatooine <coughs> and then there's Jakku and then there's this planet that starts with a P. I forget what it was called. It starts with a P. Um, you guys have Just seen. Call the film. it. Call it what? Burning Man. That's what it looks like. It's Burning Man. Yes. They they they, <laughs> they, they go they go You're to desert wrong. they go to desert planet number three and there's Burning Man going on but with kids 
And it was adorable. It happens every 42 years. Every 42, every 42 years. years. I had to say I love that they threw 42 in there. I don't think they did that on purpose. but Oh, they very much did it on you purpose. Because so? guess what happened 42 years ago? Star Wars came out. That's why they did 42 years. Yeah. That's why they did it. That's See, why they... I was thinking it was because, you know, 42 is the answer to the life universe and everything. I'm, I'm fairly certain that they realized that that was there and they thought, oh, that's a neat coincidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 all, I'm all about it. Um, and so, so they, funny. yeah, they, they have Burning Man going on. I really enjoyed that whole sequence. I thought it was beautiful. Um, I, thought I thought it was nice. I thought it was nice. I thought it was fun. Let me tell you something else I really enjoyed about it. Um, and this is going to be repeated again and again and again throughout the film for me. A major benefit and something I absolutely loved about this film in particular, in more so this film than any Star Wars film that's ever been made, including the original trilogy, C-3PO was a meaningful character who actually had something to do, was crucial to the plot, and his skills actually mattered for the plot, the story, and the characterization. Way to go, and it's about goddamn time. And so, so then that leaves me with the question of, in the back of my mind, meta again, what the fuck were you so upset about, Anthony Daniels? I, I don't get it. I really don't. What do you mean? He came out and said he didn't like the way C-3PO was portrayed in this film. And I was like, oh my god, that's the best. It's the best C-3PO has ever had. Uh, he so I, I, the movie. I don't know what I don't know what the hell he was talking about at this point. I think I, more he was more people were more annoyed with him. There was more time spent showing how annoying C-3PO was than in, in the second half films. second half of the film you're right yeah he was like oh my god can we just can we just shut this guy up already right yeah i get it but maybe 3po turned into yep. 3po turned into a macguffin of in and of himself for a second okay so this is this is your first lesson this movie teaches rpg groups out there who are playing this system this is what a knowledge focused and or politico character should be seriously in a party, when you're role playing, this is their job. Oh, I know that. Oh, by the way, oh yeah, you know what? This festival only happens every forty-two years. We're really lucky to be here. You know that? Um, you know? Oh yeah, I can read that language. Sure. Uh, I mean it. It it it, it matters. And you know what? Let me re- let me retract my earlier statement a bit. Three PO did have a pretty important role to play in Return of the Jedi. Um, actually, he did. He did. Actually, very important role to play in Return of the Jedi. Um, with the Ewoks and being the storyteller and getting them all turned around. Okay. Right. 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 But, right. But, but That's basically true. being their god. Yeah. But so in the last six films, but it's against. It's, it's the best so somehow it's against his programming to impersonate a deity. Yet he's not going to translate that. I don't get it. Well, actually, that ma- that matches perfectly. Okay. Okay. Now you point out how you like that C three PO got an important role, but um. I think maybe it's that there's really only room for one droid to have an important role. Because what did BB-8 do in this film? He did stuff. And besides bring bring Dio to the attention of of the main characters. Right, that's true, yeah. And then if he you look the at previous himself. films, it was, you know, R2. The original saga, it was R2 that was the droid that did you know all the heavy droid lifting basically that had the most important role as far as droids are concerned so i i i don't know i mean 
okay, fine. Yeah, C-3PO got his his time in the in the spotlight. But And I think that's what it is. I think that because R2 and BB-8 played such huge roles in the last two films, and C-3PO was kind of the background character there, since this was the last, going to be the last film and probably the last film we see C-3PO in at all. I mean, who knows if, if Anthony Daniels is going to, like, try to continue his tradition of being in every Star Wars film until he <laughs> dies. But um, I think because of that, kind of as a nod and a, hey, Anthony, here's your payoff, they gave C-3PO such a big, important role in this film. Yeah. Maybe. But I really like that. And so we get there, there's this awesome... Okay, now there's there's multiple examples of... Okay, this is both good and bad. <laughs> we talked about this before. There's a principle in, in good writing called Chekhov's gun, all right? Which was a principle proposed by the famous writer Anton Chekhov way back when, where he said, if you describe a musket or a rifle on a mantelpiece in chapter one, it needs to have been used by chapter three, okay? It needs to have mattered, all right? So the idea is if you set something up, you've got to pay it off later. That's good writing, okay? So Chekhov's by finder. All right, Chekhov, okay, sure. There was, so 3PO and, and the, the, it, during the celebration, they make a point, and again, it comes back, it's Chekhov's gun, it comes back, where they have the cute little girl ask Ray about her parental name, her, her family name, yep. okay? So, yep. you're, so you're like, okay, Chekhov's gun, that's going to come back later. Um, that was really good. I like that. It's good writing. It sets things up nicely. The problem is they had 17 Chekhov's guns in this movie, okay? Mm-hmm. So they carry less weight, all right? But that's, that's... That's there, and and you have a cat on your shoulder, Krista. Yeah, um, yeah, I see. The cat. I mean, this is how I roll, guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's he's true. Yeah. <laughs> Say hi. Hello, cat. So so they get there. There's a beautiful <laughs> festival. It was really well done. I absolutely loved it. And then, holy shit, Lando Calrissian's alive, and he's somehow on this planet. Fantastic! And apparently, he's been here for decades since he and Luke. We're searching for a Sith hunter here, where who apparently has or knows where the second MacGuffin number two is, the second yeah. Wayfinder. Um, and then that leads us into oh shit, chase on desert planet. Um, let's let's talk about the chase. Uh, we had we had speeders that were tracked speeders. We had uh, stormtroopers. They fly now. They fly now. They, they fly f- now. They fly. That's now. fine. I like it. <laughs> um. Um, Jump pack troopers, I'm down with that. I'm, I, I was totally down. I thought the scene was great. I'm I'm disappointed by their continuation of the decision to never use the Wilhelm scream again. There were like two examples during that chase where a Wilhelm scream would have been... But... But it didn't happen. <sighs> yeah. It's alright. Um, yeah. Is yeah. this the first time, except for, well, I guess not, because we, we've got the, the juggernaut, the wheel juggernaut, but is this, like, besides the juggernaut, I think this is the first actual, like, ground rolling, oh, no, Grievous's wheel. All right. Yeah. They're there occasionally. Yeah. They're, All right. They're, they're there occasionally. They're there occasionally. Um, Still, well, cool. I liked it. Totally cool. Fantastic new threat you can introduce to your group. I can't wait for them to be statted out officially or for one of our amazing staff writers at d20radio.com to take a stab at it first because I know they will. Chris Hunt, you're watching live. I'm looking at you. I want to see it next week. Um, <laughs> you have an assignment, Homework. sir. 
homework. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. You've got the time. So we want to. We definitely want to see it by the end of Boxing Day, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um. Then they land. They, they find an ancient Sith uh, uh, ship. Jedi uh, hunter. Je- the, Je- the, the Jedi hunter working for the Sith, and they fall in some quicksand, and they have death fake out number one. Um. And they they miraculously fall into these purple worm caves, um, where they find MacGuffin number three. Or wait, wait, wait! Did they find the knife on the ship or in the cave? In the caves, it was in the cave. It was in the cave. And and let's let's just not let's death fake out number one. Let's back up for a second and say how freaking badass it was to see Ray get pissed off and. Force lightning to show up. Oh, we're not there yet. That wasn't until after they were out of the caves. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. Because then they started leaving. Never mind. Sorry. Okay. So, so they they get they get to they get into the caves. Um, we have we have we have another Chekhov's gun where there's the serpent and Ray does some force healing mumbo jumbo, um, which was cool to see in film actually. Um, you know, we're with transferred a little bit of my life force. A little bit of my life force. I transferred a little bit of my life force. Um, yep. Uh, Considering and, Baby Yoda already did it, I mean seriously, yeah, absolutely. And the wound was almost identical too. That was kind of creepy. Um, True. Uh, so that that was kind of cool to see. Then yep. they then they find MacGuffin number three, which is a dagger that will point the way to MacGuffin number two. Okay. So they 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 manage to scare off the snake. They get their way out, and oh my god, Kylo shows up. And there's the awesome scene from the trailer, and he gets his, yes. his silencer wing sliced off by Jedi Master Rey. Um, and then there's the Knights of Ren. The Knights of Ren actually show up in this film. They're very menacing, although they don't do anything on screen, at least. They're very menacing. Um, they have cool helmets. And Not they- since Boba Fett have we had such a character on screen who looks so cool and, <laughs> and does did absolutely nothing. nothing. Only to get killed by their master. I mean, seriously, what the? We'll get there. We'll get there. I know. I know. I just that's just another. But look, they look. They looked cool. It will sell a lot of toys. Now, this is true. This is true. All right. Um, (laughs) they looked cool, and they carried. This is the way. This is the way. (laughs) This is the way. This is the way. The merch is there. (laughs) This is the way. Okay. This. This is. Thank you. Thank you, TG. Um. Uh. The the merch is there. This is the way. Um, and, and, uh, you know, they, they look like how they were described by a member of the first order ghouls. That's how they, they look like. They look like ghouls, um, with this almost orcish bludgeoning weaponry and heavy giant axes and, and all that. And then Chewbacca gets <laughs> captured, um, which mystified me. It happened off camera. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. Um, they managed to capture the Wookiee and he goes up in the transport and then Ray and Kylo have a transport tug of war. Um, where, and again, to your point, Dave, when you understand the lineage, and, and again, this is another piece, this is another, this is another gun on the mantelpiece. Th- this is a power, we have only ever seen this level of power from some of the most advanced force wielders in the galaxy. The ability to grab a ship, ship. in midair and hold it, yeah. and they're literally doing a tug of war. I really enjoyed the scene. Um, and then she... Freaking force lightnings it so hard that it explodes into thousands of pieces, which was both disappointing and cool at the same time. I don't know how they did that. And we had Death Fake Out 
number two, uh, with Chewbacca being not dead, but we thought he was dead. And I thought Daisy Ridley did a fantastic job. She the the emotion. She thought she killed him. She, yeah, she I thought, thought she did she great. She killed him. She was crying. The emotion. The, the everything. The the ha ah, uh, was 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 there, and it was there. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your official opinion, Phil? <laughs> yes. So you you did you did not care for this. Um. No, it was all right. It was fine. Um, I was not faked out at all. I remembered that there were two transports I down. I wasn't either. And they, yeah. they would not, would not kill Chewbacca without so much as a quick cut to the interior of the ship and back. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. I'm just gonna, like... All right, no, that's cool. All right, think she killed him. All right, I'm down yeah. with that. Nice acting, very good. I'm down with all this. He's not dead, but I'm down with all this. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing two, two. I'm right there with you. I was like, she, he's not dead. There's another trend. Yeah. And I thought for sure that Finn, that Finn saw two transports, but maybe he didn't. He may have still I mean, thought that Chewie was on that Chewie was on the first one. Yeah. I mean, he did come around the he did come around the backside of that structure. So that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now the, <laughs> the important thing though is that the the, the first order has Chewie. Chewie has the Nagger, and so they don't they don't have the MacGuffin anymore. But they still have the information that was on the MacGuffin in C three PO's databanks, which makes C three PO the fourth MacGuffin. Now, <laughs> are we keeping count of the MacGuffins? Okay, are we all are we all keeping count of the MacGuffins? Okay, so now C three PO's memory banks are the fourth MacGuffin. He remembers the entire transcription. Uh, I'm, I'm with him. I'm with you so far. But he cannot translate it. He's capable of doing so, but he, he his programming doesn't allow him. Um, I actually didn't have a problem with this. I understood no. and extended the plot. Yeah, I yeah, I didn't either. But there's it, been a lot of online well. hate for this, where he's like, "No, it's like it's ancient Sith. It's against my programming. I'm not allowed to speak it. It's an outlaw language." I mean, it's like it's it's like it's like the way in it's, Ger- it's like the way in Germany today. You can't display a swastika. You get arrested. You go to jail. It's a really dude, not even that. Not even that. He is physically incapable. Right. He literally, no matter how much he wants to, his programming would is locking it down. It's like, oh yeah, I know it all. Can you tell us? No, I can't. I literally physically can't. There's there's no amount of torture, convincing, or moral weight that could be brought to bear to get me to do this it is literally against my programming i can't do it right physically cannot you might as well ask me to like grow a third arm i can't do it and so, this so i was a hundred percent okay with with that entire plot line anyone who does have an issue with that i, I, I thought it was stupid. great i thought it furthered the movie i thought it was fantastic it gave c3po the importance that he needed to have I had no problems with that. Plus, it introduced a really comical little character, you know, by... Uh, by... Have you seen, like, the memes of, like, I want nothing but Baby Yoda and Babu Frick going around solving crimes? (laughs) I know. In a a one-fourth-sized Millennium Falcon. Okay. Yeah, I I love the uh, the addition of Babu Frick, man. That was just, oh, fantastic. Babu Frick was great. 
And so the, the and so the squad now needs to go. Poe Poe is in the know. Poe says, "I know a guy. His name is Babu Frick. He's a he's a he's a black market underground droid tech. He can get the job done." Where's Babu Frick? Oh shit! I can't go back there. Why not? <laughs> because reasons. Fuck me. Okay. <laughs> All right. And I'm like, great. Okay. Wow. More than two dimensional character or for for, for Poe. We're bringing him into a three dimensional character now. I freaking love it. Let's let's and, and 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 again, lots more Chekhov's gun that lead it up to that. How do you know how to hotwire that thing? Ah, you don't want it. All right, like they they, they let it up, they put it up. But we also inter- are introduced to another character that most people are considering a bit throwaway. It's just a merch grab. I freaking loved the droid of Dio. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, me too. Um, I really by J. J. Abrams. The, one of the things that I don't know if it's if it's been widely put out there or not, but um, something that Chris and I both recognized after watching D- Dio is um, it looks like Dio likely has like sensory processing issues or uh, or, or autism or autism, which is Ooh. sensory processing is often a part of autism. So, um, some of the, some of the mannerisms and, you know, like when she went to touch him. No, thank you. He yeah. says, no, thank you. And it was kind. And she, and it was kind, but and like, she no, said, no, oh, well, the previous owner must, must have abused him. And maybe that's just strictly the reason why he had that mannerism or not. No, but maybe. he, he did it again later. And so I, yeah, it's, it's. Yeah. That's a very good it's nod deep. to the. I, I thought it was a. I thought it was a fantastic nod to the neurodiverse, and that was that was. Mm-hmm. I was. I, I went along with that exactly as well. But I, Absolutely. you know, this film has done a lot for that. And I'm. I'm actually kind of sad that I missed that, Krista. Thanks for pointing that out. Um, I like the direction that these films, especially this last film, has taken inclusivity. And I'm going to come back to this later, but I'm glad how far they yeah. take it, took it. I wish they had gone just a little bit farther, but I'll get back to that later. Yeah, but the the you know this is Star Wars has always been a lens for our current society, and this is an issue that that you know th- this which is a, people have freaking forgotten in these past few years. <laughs> yes, um, you know, but but in our modern society, we finally placed a diagnosis on something that's been there for a very long time, which is you know, um, you know, various forms of autism, um, and 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 sensory processing. And these are these are things that affect a lot of people, and I I just I agree with Krista completely. I, I I saw that in Dio, and particularly his his responses, like the majority of his responses. He, first of all, I love the fact that he was a verbal droid that he didn't speak in binary. He clearly had a vocabulator, but his responses were limited to one two words max, and it was always was it, yeah. always an emotion that the droid was communicating. Sad, you know. Thank you. And often it was stuttered. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. And and so and so like th- that that is good writing. That is good puppeteering performance when you can portray a character like that for me in in a 6-inch tall puppet. Okay? Uh that has no facial mo- m- mobility at all. It's just blinking lights and and voice acting. And and, and I love the fact that he's kind of small, compact, the model of it, a light one one scale model, will fit nicely on my three D printer over there. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> this 
is the way. <laughs> I have spoken. Um, um, okay. Yes. No, th- this is... Uh, so I, I lo- So we got introduced to Dio. That was cool. Okay. And then the story moves on. Okay. Now, now we move to Kajimi. All right. The planet of Kajimi. We get into Poe's backstory because we got to find that bad boy Babu freak. Okay. Um, but we find out that Poe has a spice runner past with Zori Bliss. I don't, I don't know if it's brilliant or sad that the beautiful Carrie Russell, who fought so hard to be a part of this universe because she's such a big fan and was granted a part, um, never actually took her mask off, aside from just seeing her eyes. That's this it. Is and my God, those eyes. And those eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I will 100% uh. agree with you. She lifted that visor and it's like, oh my God, this woman is gorgeous oh oh yeah um and and it was it was great it was great and Poe's like can I get a kiss this time and she just gives him that look he's like sorry sorry nope nope my bad nope sorry sorry um (laughs) for all that's worth the the scene at the end is even better made me laugh out loud oh god yes yeah god yes we'll get there too Yeah. yeah um I liked her character a lot. She yeah. didn't. She wasn't on a lot, but she, when she was on screen, you like, you knew everything you needed to know about her, and especially her and Poe's past relationship. Mm-hmm. That is some lover scorn shit right there. Yeah, yeah. Now, and, and there, there, there was some. There was so much good writing in the script. Um, and there was some bad writing too. But the the moments that were good were so good. That's good writing. In in three minutes of screen time, you establish an entire history between two people that is believable, and and you yeah. do you do it through clever writing and excellent performances on the part of two actors in their body language, their their verbal tics, their their emotional non speak towards each other. It was very well done, and the ability to do that, and this is one of the reasons why I'm enjoying the Mandalorian so much. The ability to do that without so much as seeing their face. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, for, and, and it made that one brief scene where we saw her eyes, because your eyes can tell everything. Winter to the soul and all that. But the fact that she was able to do everything that she did with that faceless visage was just masterful. Yeah. It was well done. Great writing, great acting. Yeah. And got to give it this nod to this. Great directing too. On yeah. that, on that, and then one. it's good. It on that, one. it's a it's a good example of how you could bring somebody in to an established group, right? And I've done lots of podcasts about this and and how to incorporate a new person in or bring someone that's just going to be there for one or two sessions. When I was watching those scenes as they were meandering through the city. To me, it felt like it felt like a, a a game being played at a table with dice and pencil. Yeah, like this yeah. is what that, that would feel scene. like. Yeah, um, and each one, you know, trying to make decisions, but decisions together, and and yeah, no, it felt it was a really good scene. It was very well done. There was even that scene where that one player was like, no, wait, I got another idea. And the other PCs are like, no, fuck it, do it. (laughs) Yeah, it was 3PO, yeah. Oh, wait, I have another idea. Um, The other 
PC is like, no, we have lost hours with your fucking ideas. Just do it. <laughs> GM, uh, I'm rolling the dice. Like, I'm rolling the dice. Krista, I'm actually very pleased you brought that up because I, I, I don't know if this is an instance of, of us viewing things through the lens of modern culture and then putting our own spin on it, or if this is an actual instance of culture influencing art in a concrete way. But something I've noticed not only with this film, but also with The Mandalorian, what is being produced now feels more like an RPG session than anything else that has come before it. Am I am I wrong? Is that just me, or am I wrong in that? No, you're not uh, wrong. I don't know if you're not. I don't know if you're wrong or not. I think we're just. I think this is maybe one of those classic situations of we we do this so long and we're so entrenched in how we're going to make this into a game that we just see it more often. It's like after you after you buy a new car, all of a sudden you see all those cars on the road. I mean, I think some of it is psychological for us, but I do agree that it is cool. well. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and maybe for you, but I don't run games. I'm not a a GM. Yeah, but you did but, stay in Holiday Inn uh, Express last night. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Nope, no, nobody, no, yeah. Go on, Krista. All right. But I noticed it, too, especially with The Mandalorian. It felt, and uh, uh, maybe it's because I've been the gamer. It It's not something I do as frequently as you, you guys do but um so maybe i still have that lens that i look through but being someone who's more um i guess of a novice gamer i would consider myself uh i saw it that way too it felt like um it and at times it even kind of felt like a video game in some of the scenes and uh, I don't play those. I just watch them <laughs> when Chris plays them. But that I got that sense, that that gaming sense, and and so I think it's it comes back to figuring out what is it about gaming, um, RPGs or or video games that makes it enjoyable and memorable, and they're translating those successes into movies. And so I think it may actually be a mix of that's our culture movie makers are trying to appeal to a generation of of people who have grown up playing games whether it's rpgs or videos and so they're they're trying to make sure they're incorporating things that are going to make it enjoyable for that group of people and maybe that's why we're seeing it man i can get behind that i can get back everybody's so broke with that talk now (laughs) (laughs) i am far from sober um, <laughs> I am, I am so, I am so far from sober. I'm, 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 I'm almost two thirds of the way through this bottle of SoCo. Um, I'm right there with, oh boy. Um, so, okay. So we have this awesomeness on, on Kajimi. I love the entire Kajimi scene. Um, and they find out of course, very quickly that, oh shit, Chewbacca's alive. All right. <laughs> and not as not only is Chewbacca's alive, he's on the Star Destroyer in orbit. So we're going to go up there. Meanwhile, the First Order is like, and I actually love this. Kylo's like, oh, shit, I feel Ray. She's close. We go down to right. the surface now and we search for her. And it's like, yes, she I is close. That. She's on your fucking ship. OK, and, and <laughs> it was that was just fantastic. The entire the entire like, you know, and 
Ray mind tricking the four the stormtroopers, you know. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. I'm so hey, glad. Let me let me yes. tell you. Let me tell you. Do you get the feeling that that was Whitwer and Filoni? I didn't hear Whitwer. I didn't hear Whitwer either. I I. I, he, I, I was thinking. Anytime I, was I didn't. I didn't hear him in the. I didn't hear him in the cameos that they did in Seven. I mean, in in Rogue One, and. I, I listen. He came out. Yeah, he was. He was one of the guys on the beach, but um, I couldn't. I couldn't find yeah. him. In this. I couldn't find him in this one. It wasn't for a lack of looking. Yeah, we mm. we well, I need to go back and just watch the credits and 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 <coughs> and do that. And so so Ray Ray Force tricks him. They free Chewie, and at the same time Ray's like, "Oh shit, the forest is talking to me." We can't leave yet. I got to go get the dagger. We don't need the dagger. We have 3PO. I need the dagger. It's important. All right. Um, because because it's going to be a one-eyed Willie doubloon later. Okay. We're going to need it. Um, and she doesn't know that, but but it but it's there. And so they go. She goes off to find the dagger. Um, they have Chekhov's gun number what four now? <laughs> where where the th- there five. Are, Five. There are a couple interesting things they carried over from episode eight. And one of the interesting things they did happen to carry over was the idea of the bond and the force connection between Rey and Kylo, where they very much hinted at it in episode eight, where they had moments where there's actual matter transference, that they're almost occupying the same space and time, you know, and there was one scene where it's like, you know, like, like he's talking to her and there's waves crashing around her. And when the vision ends, he's soaking wet, right? That was in episode eight, right? And so they they bring that up and they really play it in here. It's like, no, when they're having their bonded force dyad vision shit, they're literally occupying the same space and time, so much so that there's matter transference happening, okay? And they they set that up. And they pay it off later, but they really do set that up. Um, And so she gets chewy shit, she gets the dagger. Kylo's like, oh shit, you're on my ship. (laughs) All right. (laughs) You're in my room! Okay, that took him way too far out, right? Because she figured out pretty quickly where he was. Like, how did he not know? I was waiting. That's where she was. I was waiting for it because the entire time they were talking, she had the dagger in her hand, and he and he apparently didn't. I know, and he like didn't see. He should have been able to go. Wait, what? 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 Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I had this flashback. Yeah, dagger. I had this flashback. Do you remember that episode of Firefly where the bounty hunter comes on the ship Serenity and is looking for River and she's off the ship on the bounty hunter ship and they have this talking back and forth and then towards the end of the episode it's like, wait a minute, you're not in the ship, you're on my ship! And she's like, ha 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 Yeah, that was, that was, <laughs> that was what I was waiting for. Um, and so they, 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 they have this, um, but, but while that's going on, the other heroes, Finn and Poe and Chewie, are running through the Star Destroyer like pimps on crack. They're blasting everything known to man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, just they're they're mopping shop, like like hardcore. <coughs> and then they and g- go ahead. All I could think while that was happening was, look how bad. The stormtroopers aim is and they stay true to that right and yeah until he finally got shot but it was awesome they were hitting every single shot they were I mean, they had like they were 
well. They right. weren't. What? Go back when you go back and see it again. They were there were correcting shots. Like okay. especially Finn was ironically the farmer stormtrooper. Finn was insane. <laughs> okay, so that's 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 understandable though because you know former stormtrooper. Um, right. But but as Krista said, obviously Poe gets a hit on the arm and they get captured by thirty stormtroopers. And then of course General Pride, who dude, okay, that actor, whatever his name is, um, that that amazing character actor who played General Pride, he's getting a lot of shit for his performance in this film. I don't know why. He was amazing. I, I, I thought he was great. Um, so he, he had moats of of uh, Tarkin, dude. Yeah, he was he was Tarkin reborn. I was totally. I mean, he was just this cold, calculating. I was just. I was. He was. He was great. And apparently, that actor is a humongous Star Wars fan in real life, and he lobbied and begged to be in this film. It was. It was like a personal accomplishment, like a career accomplishment for him to be in this film. Okay. Awesome. All right. Freaking awesome. So so that. And so he and Hux are like, you know, you take them out to be executed. And Hux is like, I'll take care of it. And Hux gets him alone. He's like, I'm the spy. I'm the spy. <laughs> <laughs> and that was such Hux, too, man. It was so funny. And they're like, why are you helping us? Because I want Kylo Ren to lose. <laughs> See, that was believable. It was totally that was absolutely believable. <laughs> I loved. I like. It, I it, don't it, want you to win. I want I him to lose. I yeah. I love. I, I don't care if you win. I just, <laughs> it was like like and, and 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 that that whole subplot is getting shit on. It was one of my most favorite parts of the film. Like, it was great. It was fantastic. It was like because uh, Hux is such a tool. He's never not been a tool. They're like he wasn't menacing at all. He was never menacing. Go watch episode seven. He was he was a screaming psychopath. <laughs> he yeah. was he was a screaming egomaniacal weirdo. That's what he's always been. He's he's always been comic relief. And like so it, it can, made Can can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> I'm holding for general hugs. General hugs there. Um, holding. Holding. Um yeah, I'll, I'll hold. Uh it was <laughs> um and like I-, I love the entire subplot. I love the fact that the, the whole spy angle, and I love the fact that after we helped them escape, um, that Pride was just like, "Bam!" <laughs> <laughs> we found our spy. We found our spy. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Okay, I- getting point blank shot with a blaster rifle will send you across the room. Good to know for later. I really wanted. I really wanted him to go with them, though. I hated that he stayed on the ship. Like as as a being invested in it. It's like, oh, okay, he wants to help the good guy. Not that he wants to help the good guys, but he does for a different reason. And I'm like, this... go with him and then change your mind that it's actually no. a good thing. No, because he doesn't like the rebellion. He doesn't like the resistance. He just wants Kylo Ren to lose. He wants to be oh. he likes his position. He likes the first order. <laughs> he wants to be there. He just wants Kylo Ren to be gone. Um <laughs> So I, I freaking I freaking love that. So 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 they end up escaping. The Millennium Falcon does a does a serenity, blows everybody back with the engines except Kylo, who does an awesome three point stance and manages to you know beat be you know the MVP for the offensive line stands his ground. Yeah. Ray Ray does Ray does the force jump. All right, and and boom, they're off to Endor because that's where the knife tells them to go. However, we didn't talk about but before we leave this particular act, we didn't talk about Babu Frick and we didn't talk about C3PO. 
which was actually death fake out number three. Yeah. <clears throat> um, where, you know, it's like, oh my God, they're going to kill C-3PO. Because it was, it was, it was, it was, it was droid death. It was, they're going to kill C-3PO. And at the time, in the delivery of that line, when I truly thought the character was going away, I got a little misty. Just a yeah. wee, just a wee bit. And Anthony Daniels had a good performance, you know, you know, that, that line from the trailer, taking one last look at my friends. I'm like, oh, 3PO, my boys. All right. Yo, for real. <laughs> <laughs> you do you, man. It's good. I'll, I'll pull one out for you. And uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so there was that. But you guys were talking earlier that following that, he became a bit of an annoyance. And maybe that's well, what Anthony Daniels was upset about? Well, no, I think it was even before that. Poe especially was incredibly annoyed with C-3PO. And then afterwards, he, he, he even got more annoyed with him. You know, as yeah. they were traveling through, anytime C-3PO would speak up and he'd just be like, stop talking, you know? That, that whole thing. Everybody that's... was really annoyed with C-3PO. I mean, earlier on before this, they were just frustrated with him because he couldn't, or rather, he wouldn't, or what, what he actually couldn't translate the whole thing and, like, you know, take away just a whole bunch of their headaches and, 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 and plot delays, to be, to be honest. But, and I don't know. I mean, being annoyed with C3PO is always like almost like a rite of passage with these films. You know, somebody's got to be annoyed with 3PO. Yeah, I know that's that's part of his role. Yeah. Um, it just seemed like it was a lot more. So if there was something that Anthony Daniels was upset about, I'd, I'm thinking maybe it's that. Or maybe it's because of the whole hand-wavy plot um, extension device with him. <laughs> that's an official term. Write it down and... No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm not... I'm not... <laughs> I'm not face palming that. Oh, okay. I'm face palming what you're referring to. Okay. Which is what? I'm confused. Um, the fact that they went through this whole rigmarole of establishing that oh no, I didn't get backed up. What are you talking about? And he 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 got backed up. Oh well, yeah. I, I, well, here's the thing. When I knew full well that that was not going to be death because of the way they referenced. Well, R2 has one, but it's unreliable. Well. I, you yeah, know what? It's going to be there. I, I heard that as, no, are you kidding? Of course I'm not going to let him back me up. But he did. Yeah, that's, that's what I heard too. And, and uh, yeah, so again, I said it was death fake out number three because it was a fake out, right? So, yeah. 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 Um, nah, I never believed that one for a second. But, but yeah, anyway, so, so anyway, there's that. There's three people. There's Babu yeah. Frick, right? So they get Chewie, they, 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 they got the translation, they, they got the dagger, they, they, have, they have MacGuffin 3 in order to go find MacGuffin 2, and now they're off to Endor, alright? Mm. Um, I was extremely disappointed that you're on freaking Endor, and we didn't see an Ewok until the closing scene. Right? We were also in a completely different pl- a part of Endor, so I, I, didn't, I didn't mind it so much. I didn't mind it. Let's let's talk about one other thing. Okay. Um, why did they have to frickin' meteor crash the Falcon? The landing gear. The landing gear was the landing gear was down. 
The landing gear was damaged. Remember that when they were leaving, yep. right? They were leaving and they were saying, they're not chasing us. This seems too easy. Right? And then nothing happened from that. So apparently it seems it was too easy because but, the landing gear was screwed with. Phil, but, they, Phil, but the, Falcon they, can, can fly and stop and hover and just go down. I know, but if that happened, then they could have just flown the Falcon to the Death Star and they wouldn't have had the cool <laughs> toy from the right. from the, the sea skiff that Ray takes to the wreckage yeah. of the Death Star. Come on, Phil, you gotta think. You gotta think. You gotta think merchandise, man. This Come is on. the way. This is the way. This, this is, is the, way. the way. Say it with say it with gusto. This is the way. This is the way. Okay. This is the way. All right. Plus, you had to introduce those horses that you were going to ride on top of the, uh, right. the thing later. You had to but, you introduce the space but, horses. But, but I guess the, my, my, I mean, I'm okay with all of that. What I don't get is why they freaking slid landed the Falcon when even in Solo, when it had its own landing gear issues. They just hovered and just landed the thing okay uh, maybe it's just that they okay my understanding was that um that kylo's people like fucked with the, the the falcon they screwed up the landing gear and then they probably screwed up other parts of it so that way they couldn't land that was my understanding when I I didn't get hung up in the in the film because I just assumed it was screwed up because of that, and that's why it was so easy for them to get away and they weren't being followed because yeah um they knew that the Falcon's not going to last them long. We screwed it up. So they, I don't know. So they land on Endor, and someone in chat, someone in chat is actually uh, Mike Zwick, Zwick brother Zwick. It's Mike Zwick in chat. Zwick is like, um, is like, it was a different moon of Endor. That's, mm. I wasn't aware of that. I have no idea if that's true, if that is. Okay. Um, it did have an ocean, and the fourth, the forest moon of Endor is the forest moon of Endor. So I, okay, that made it. Yeah, it, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that, that, that may be, that may be a possibility. Huh. Yeah. See, I always thought Forest Moon of Endor. I always thought it was called Endor. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's Endor is the, is the planet orbit. See, I, and and Mike, I think you broke Phil. That's a good job. Um, uh, so 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 okay. So either way, they they get there and they they uncover a cadre of more uh, like deserting stormtroopers. Okay, um, and their leader Janna, who seriously has the hots for Finn, and they never really resolved that or got into it, and. With this, and I didn't get that she had the huts for him. Really? Okay. Nope. Nope. I'll trust a woman's perspective on that then, because a guy sees the huts for every everywhere when he shouldn't. So I will. No. Tr- I will trust the. No, fe- I will it trust was the just female a, perspective. Yeah, it was just a connection because they were both uh, stormtroopers, storm yeah. and that's what it is. It it was the, there that was not camaraderie, uh, uh, um, yeah. sibling in arms type thing. Okay. Right, yeah. okay. it it was not. She didn't have the hots for him. So I don't. I didn't see any. One kind of, of one of the unfortunate leaks that I was exposed to early on in the process, where I mm. I that I, I was I was given, is something that was either untrue 
but I don't believe it was untrue. I believe, based on everything we saw, that they simply cut it out of the script, and I'm actually kind of glad they did, was there was a moment where, they, where they're talking to Lando, and they're like, why have you been away? Why have you been on this planet for decades? And he explains that he had, and his wife had a child, and that child, he, he was here in mourning, because that child was taken by the First Order. Mm-hmm. And, oh. that, and that at the end of the film, you find out that Xana, or not Xana, uh, Janna. Let's go find out, yeah. That Janna is his daughter. I was waiting for that as well, because that's what had been hinted. And I'm glad they didn't do that. Very glad. They that would have been so hokey. It would have been way too hokey. I think they realized that. I think they cut it out. But when you look at the scene, especially at the end with the two of them together, I think it's clear that that was the intent when they originally filmed. I think they... Yeah, I think I think the magic of editing removed it from the film. They walked it back. Yeah, yeah. It didn't. It wouldn't have added anything to the overall story. It wouldn't have progressed the story. It wouldn't have gotten any more emotional buy-in from the audience no. if they had included that in there. And it did very much feel like it was like a father-daughter thing. Yeah, there at the end, that that's what they were hinting at. Excuse me. What you're excused. Oh, you, 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 you had, he, he had a belch. He had, he had a whiskey belch. Um, that's all good. So, so okay, so they meet Janna, um, and then, because they're there, they take MacGuffin number three, the dagger, to become this this one-eyed Willie doubloon, and it, that, that seems to line up perfectly. <laughs> one-eyed Willie doubloon is exactly what I with, thought. With, with, the wreckage, with the wreckage of the Death Star. And thank God they were standing in the exact place they needed to be for that silhouette <laughs> thing to actually line up and work properly. Thank, thank we needed a lighthouse. Thank, oh. thank the force for that. Um, and and they did, and it was kind of save the South Shore. They did. They, it did say the South Shore. Okay, fine, fine. And they line it up, and it's like you know, all right, we got to go there. It's like look at that ocean; we can't go there. And we're like, all right, we're not going to go there. We're going to wait till the ocean calms down. And Ray's like, "Fuck you, I'm going." All right, yeah. Yep. <laughs> all right, because she Ray. wanted to do it all on her own in the beginning, anyways. She, so it she, it shouldn't have come to a surprise to anyone. Right. And I was, yeah. was really annoyed with Finn acting like. Oh my god, I can't believe she went. Like, what? What the fuck were you expecting, dude? If really. you really have you something to her, tell her yeah. and you feel that close to her shouldn't you have known yeah, exactly that what was that was by do? the way we'll come to that <sighs> we'll, okay we'll, we'll come to that we will we will come to that so 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 ray goes there she finds palpatine's secret lair which is filled with dark side mirrors apparently and she has she has this this forced vision of herself as a dark sider why so that they could include that shot in the trailer. Um, they had they had a ten second fight, and 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 she went all golem and she grew fangs and went ah and Ray went ah and then she she jumped <laughs> she jumped out but she but she's got the wayfinder but she didn't have the foresight to put it in her pack immediately like she should have like Indiana Jones would have she's still holding on to it. So when she falls, it falls out of her hand, and then Kylo Ren is there, and he's like, Ha, bitch, I got the Wayfinder number two, and you're never going to have the Wayfinder number two, and this MacGuffin is mine, and crunch, I'm going to destroy it. And she goes, No! And he goes, Yes! 
<laughs> and then they. Why are you always second to the party, Doctor Jones? Yes, yes. And then they proceed That's to have. Like. They proceed to have what, in my opinion, is the greatest lightsaber fight in the history of Star Wars cinema. And let me tell you why. Because when I look at the prequels and the lightsaber fights, were these sterile, beautiful mechanical pieces of precision-made clockwork that lacked any emotion and any power and any any verve within the fighters where they're playing their emotions out in the fight like we saw in the original trilogy. What I finally saw here was the same level of martial arts insanity, but with emotion, with them telling the story of their emotional conflict as they were beating the hell out of each other. And the fatigue. Yes. Yes. They got tired. This was the most believable lightsaber fight I have seen in the entire saga. Because they're just like... (sighs) And they're just like, look, they're... Some of them, oh, they're telegraphing. No, they're not telegraphing. They've been going full tilt for a good three minutes. You've (laughs) never been in a sword fight if you think that they're able to just go at it like that for so long. This 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 duel was believable. Yeah, it was awesome. It was fantastic. I I, I mean, and the, the locale, the weather, the 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 everything, all the all the things, all the things. <laughs> all right, and and then greatest lightsaber fight in the entire saga, right there. Period. Period. You can keep Obi Wan and Anakin in Episode Three. You, you, you can, I'm sorry, greatest lightsaber fight ever, all right? And now that I understood through montaging and seeing what a badass Ray was in this plotting, I, I believed she had the ability at this point. And they took pains to actually show her doing lightsaber training and being a complete badass with a lightsaber, all right? And I'm like, okay, it's time. We're, we're done, all right? But she's on the ropes, and meanwhile, back at Resistance HQ, Leia knows she's on the ropes. And Leia knows that she has something she has to do. And so she reaches out with the Force like Luke did in Episode Eight. She distracts her son long enough to get a lightsaber through the chest from Rey. And then she dies. Do you think that was her purpose? Do you think she did that to distract him? Or did she do that to try to turn him before he died? Probably that. And Phil, based on your reactions and video, you probably agree with that. Yeah, I do. Um, I have a lot of feelings about, like, all of Carrie Fisher's involvement in this film pretty much right up to this point. Um, I think they did as good a job as they could have to try and give Carrie what she was supposed, the weight that she was supposed to have in this film, but obviously couldn't have. Um, They did. They did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you can't, you can't shit on that. You can't. What they did with the footage they had and a pledge that, look, 
aside from a flashback scene where she's her younger self, we're not going to CGI this. We are going to use her footage as she acted it with her emotion. But they have limited source material to work with. When you consider that, I think they did as good a job as any filmmaker could have done. And I think it paid good respect to Carrie's memory. And Chris, this is something I commented to you on after we saw the film. The fact that her daughter, her real-life daughter, Billy Lord, who was obviously an actress in this film, was with Carrie in the majority of the scenes and was also the one shepherding her Mm -hmm. body double to the deathbed after this happened. I think that added an appropriate amount of respectful weight to what was happening. I don't think yeah. I don't think without Billy's involvement they could have done what they did with the with with an appropriate amount of respect. I think the the amount of I've got to give a lot of respect to to Billy too for that to the the decision you have to make to allow them to keep using your mother's likeness in these films when really it it's not an easy to not have been an easy decision to to make that i mean it's it's her legacy and you want that to live on but that's also hard to have to work through that and continue to see that um, even after she's gone, it, I can't imagine how hard that was at times. It, it can't be easy to act with a ghost, especially when it's your parent. Yeah. So, yeah. so a I, I, lot, I think they did, a lot of kudos. I think they did as good as they could have. And, and we honestly got to watch Carrie's funeral, kind of. Yeah, we did, and and I, I find myself very sad that we didn't get to see what was obviously going to happen, which was Leia training Ray. That would have been so badass to see Carrie wielding a lightsaber, but alas, it couldn't happen. Can we can we talk about Jonas Suatomo's <laughs> performance as Chewbacca when he got back and realized that Leia was dead? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, that was very well done. You you want you want to talk about acting without being able to show your face? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I just just the raw pain that I was just like, oh my god, Chewy. That was one of the moments oh, I teared up right there. That was it. God, and he, yeah. he's like, he's 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 about to weep. He's about to rip a bulkhead off the ship next to him. Like he's he he's just just oh. It was it was so massively intense. So, oh, he, he has lost everyone from that generation. Yeah, yeah. He lost. He that lost. Last Han. He lost Luke, and then he lost Leia. That that's why. It. That's partially why he sowed so much excitement when he saw Lando. Yeah, he yeah. was. He was. He was so Lando ridiculously was excited when he saw Lando. Yeah. Yeah. So. The fight happens. Mom does her best to reach out to her son. Still believing there's good in him. He gets distracted and lay, uh, and then Ray sticks him like a pig. I mean, nasty lightsaber wound. Death blow that is, is going to end him. And before she leaves in his ship, she's like, fuck this. 
Let's bring che- let's 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 take that Chekhov's gun off the mantelpiece and let me force heal him. And and, yeah. she, and she does, and then she leaves with miraculously, unexpectedly, possession of MacGuffin number one. Um, unknowingly, unknowingly, which is on right. which, which is, is on what, his ship. I love that they 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 did they did harken back to Yoda's line. You have she there, she has what she. That which she needs, you have, right? You have, you have everything you need, and we right. come there. But before before we get to that point, we have the transition of Kylo Ray into Ben Skywalker. Let's talk about this. Let's talk Redemption. about. Let's talk was that a, was that a Freudian slip there? He said Kylo Ray. I said Kylo Ray. Sorry. Yeah, me too. Okay, we have, we have, we have, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm. Talk re- about your completely on it cameo callback. Yeah, sorry, I'm really drunk. Um, so we have the transition of Kylo Ren into Ben Skywalker, and we have the completely unannounced and completely unexpected cameo of Harrison Ford returning as a memory for his son. Yeah, I was yeah. kind of shocked. I did not expect that, um, considering how much Harrison hates this entire franchise. Um, I want to know how much he got paid for 30 seconds of dialogue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you know, the performance he delivered was really freaking good. It was really good. (laughs) It's Harrison Ford, man. He's, He's a great actor. I mean... I, I oh the, my god! The, the, um, the callback to episode from seven the, from the hate from from the hate kid. I thought it was Mark Hamill. Yeah, I thought okay, cool. It's Mark with the gravelly voice and turned out like I was not expecting I, this. I, dude, I was right there with you because because at the end of what eight, he said, "See you, kid." Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what he said. I was like, was that? Luke, it didn't sound like I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was me. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm right there with you. Um, it's so yeah, and so he he has that moment. He's he's able to be redeemed, where at least in his memory, his father forgives him for what he's done. Which is we get another I know. I mean, yeah. Um, and then the 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 scene in Starkiller Base went the way that everyone wanted it to go. They knew it wasn't going to go that way. But the the scene on Endor was the way they wanted Starkiller base to go with Ray, not Ray, a uh, Ren throwing the saber away, becoming Ben Solo again. And he did. Yeah, and I love I love that he he regurgitated the same line. I know what I have to do. Same I just lines. don't know if I have the strength. And he did it the other way. Yeah. And he throws his lightsaber away. And and Ben Ben Skywalker is Ben Skywalker again. And so then we move into the final act of the film. Act three. We're 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 into the final here. And the first order decides to show what big Billy badasses they are by not being the first order order anymore, by being the final order. And they go and apparently Apparently, every Star Destroyer that they have now is a Death Star. Every single one. They have a fleet of Death Stars, apparently. 
and they can each one of them can blow up a planet, and so they go and they blow up Kajimi, and they have Death Fake Out. Is that Death Fake Out number four or number five? Five. I think it's five. Five, five and six, five, really. Five and six, right. So you have Zori Bliss and and Baba Frick, and you're like, you know, the, the two characters that I cared about because they're the ones they really showed me on the planet. So who knows how many billions yeah. died, but those are the ones I care about. So they're dead. Oh, my God. And they blow up Kajimi, and Poe's like, no, they blew up Kajimi! You know? <laughs> I'll never be able yeah. to kiss the helmeted lady. And, and then... <clears throat> and so they, they blow up Kajimi, and and all is lost, and Leia's dead. Can we can we talk about can we talk about the fleet of Death Stars in Star Destroyers? Can we talk about that? The uh, Zeiston class Star Destroyers, sir. Oh, yes. Twice the size of the originals. This is the way. With an axial super laser that can't blow up a planet as immediately as the old Death Star, but it, with a sustained burst. We'll cut it through to the core and do the job anyway. Indeed. This is the way. I can't wait for the Lego model. This is the way. Um, <laughs> uh, oh. I was not expecting it to pop the core. I was not, I was expecting it to like do the the single reactor hit. Yeah. See the, yeah. Like, in, uh, like in Rogue One. But as soon as I saw that large chunk of of mantle just kind of come off the top pop. yeah yeah yeah. i'm like yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> damn it that planet's gone and sure yep. enough yeah i was i was more than a little disappointed when that happened I, i'm like i'm like really can we can we not get off this guys really <laughs> uh so there's there's that all hope is lost the resistance has to, huh to to a point, though, I mean, it's it's kind of like the Oppenheimer syndrome. I mean, oh. nuclear weapons have been introduced. The Death Star. You advance the tech by thirty some odd years. Someone's going to figure out to put it to miniaturize, miniaturize enough it, yeah. to put it on a big enough starship. You finally got the axial super lasers, and yeah, it can't pop a planet like it did, but you don't need it to. It only makes sense that this happens. That that's the new normal. That that's the that's the that's the that's the uh, the the the, uh, the what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the arms race. That's that's the the superpower weapon. Yeah. I think you're annoyed, Chris, with it because it's just heat of bad weapon. Uh, Movies. You're breaking up. From breaking I think up really from bad, a super fan standpoint, you're running and hoping for something new and different. My cut now. Really badly, yeah. Um. Okay. So I think is it better now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I think it's just that you're wanting something new and different as the as. As a super fan, it's it's a repeat of something from so many episodes, right? Of the big bad super weapon. It's doing the same thing. It's the same kind of weapon. So why can't we get something new? I I didn't mind it. And like with Bill, it made sense to me that that's what they would have. I didn't see a problem with them being on all of those ships. And it just made sense. And it wasn't, it's not like, 
they I think the difference here is the episode wasn't centered around how to disable all of those ships. The episode was centered on something completely different. They just happened to be part of something they had to deal with. It was a fly that they had to swat. Now it was a little bit bigger than a fly, but it was just <laughs> a little thing they had to deal with. And they spent all of what, two minutes of screen time discussing how they were going to disable them. And that was it. So I think it was because of that, it was okay. It was, it wasn't the point of the film. It wasn't the plot of the film. That's fair. That's fair. So the resistance finds itself in this situation. All hope is lost. Their general Leia is gone and they have to get new leadership. Now, we talked about how much of episode eight they walled, balled up into a ball and just threw in the trash. But we talked, yeah. about, we talked about a couple things they kept. All right. This was one of them. One of the few areas of personal character development that was introduced for Poe was actually in episode eight, where a lot of people actually hated this uh, from a storytelling standpoint. But his personal struggle in episode eight was the fact that he was having to transition from being a hotshot pilot who operates on his own, basically just being, a, as we come to find out, a spice runner who happens to be working for the Resistance to being an actual leader that sets an example and makes leadership decisions, okay? Right. And yeah, that, was, yeah. that, was, that was a big point for him in Episode Eight, And they, they, they completed that arc in this film, interestingly enough, by, by like, no, dude, guess what? You're the fucking general now. This is it. It's on you. You're the leader. Here you go. And... I don't know. I, I did enjoy the callback. It, it was very reminiscent of Return of the Jedi and the 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 core trilogy and, and, and ancillary characters becoming the generals and the leaders when they weren't quite set out to be so. And and, and, and that moment where Poe's like, Finn, I can't do this. Like, I fucking need you. Like, I can't do this on my own. And he's like, okay, fine. I'm with you, buddy. I'll be a general too. He's like, okay. <laughs> more great more great chemistry. Great chemistry between those two, like, and I'm, I'm I'm upset. I want to see more of the core trio together. I want to see more because this film showed me how good they were together on screen. Um, <clears throat> so they they come up with a plan. They say we're going to get help. All right, and 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 you know, episode eight ended on such a high note. It was like you know we're going to make the call. We're going to make the call, and people are going to listen. And we ended with Broom Boy and his little friends, and they're all talking about Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight, and this, this story, and you're led to believe that the fire sparked across the galaxy. But then they let you know that, no, that didn't happen. They made the call, and nobody <laughs> came. Um, just, just, yeah, it just didn't matter. Not, nothing mattered. Didn't happen. When that... That is the the thread from The Last Jedi that I am so disappointed did not get picked up this film. I am so disappointed that that went nowhere. Or at least seemingly or at least seemingly nowhere. What do you mean it didn't go anywhere? I'm I'm not following. So at the end of episode eight, it was the whole thing like we're gonna be the spark. That lights the fire. That lights the fire. No, I get it. But, I get but, it. But they actually say in episode nine, like, yeah, nobody came. That didn't happen. Well, no, that was a reference to Kate. That was a reference to Crate. Oh, yeah. That what, was a reference to that fight. Yeah, what, that was yeah. a reference to Crate. 
But then, but then afterwards, it's clear they're still just as undermanned and un- ungunned as they were. Nobody's joined since that. Right. Right. And and I guess if you want to stretch, the thing that happens towards the end of this fight is a result of that. I if you if you want to stretch that as to why Lando was so successful, because he we'll had get, a Colt forty five. We'll we'll one get of those there. Let's, generals should have should have mentioned that in the. Cut away well, at the here, and here's here's where I think that they meant for me they mitigated it at the very in, in act one of the film when um oh um I don't remember who uttered the line I think it was uh da, 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 what was um um Zori I think it was Zori that said they they win by making you think you're alone right right and then when that comes back up again, I'm like, oh, they got this this time, right? And and of course, you already you knew that the people were going to come, but I, I didn't have a problem with that part. I really didn't. <clears throat> so, regardless of all that, they they make a plan, and the resistance, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean. They 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 so they figure out what they need to do. Okay, they send out a call to help. Lando's going to go off. He's going to get people. All right, and as we'll come to, my God, did he get the people? <laughs> he um, got the ghost. He got he oh. got he got. I'll get there. All right, you'll get there. Get, but he, there. But, but he get got, us get us there first. Get us there but, first. But, but but he got the people. Okay, he, he went he went off to get the people. Meanwhile, everyone else is like, we're going to go to Exegol, but we have no fucking idea how to get to Exegol. So then you cut back to Rey. And Rey, upon discovery of her dark nature, upon discovery of all this stuff, she can't deal. So, I'm... I'm... What would you say? She goes to Octo. She goes back to Octo. She burns uh, Ren's ship. And she has a total of, what, five minutes of screen time on Octo? If that... Maybe I think the poor the I think the porgs might have had more time. I think the porgs had more time. Yeah, on Octo, and she goes there. Merch. To, this is the way. This is merch. <laughs> thank you, merch. This is this is the merch. This is the way. Um, and and she goes to Octo, and she's like, "I'm done. I'm gonna live like a hermit." Luke, I understand you. And Luke shows up. And Krista, uh, you're you're shaking your head, and I want you to talk about this because we got into a good argument about this. <laughs> I, look, lay it on us, Krista. You, go, Krista, go for it. Lay, lay, lay it on us. Lay, lay, lay it. Okay. Lay, lay it. Lay it. Lay it. <laughs> you like it when I lay it on you. Yes, right? I do. I, I, so, goddamn Skippy. Yes, I do. Lay it on me. <laughs> the, him catching the lightsaber, like, it was supposed to feel epic, but I'm sorry. That really fucking annoyed me it just there was no precedence for it whatsoever he's a force spirit he's Uh, a spirit oh it frustrated interaction with the real world was set up in episode eight um well yeah yeah, that is a good point but and we we did see it wasn't we did see obi-wan kenobi sitting on a log and talking to luke back in episode five but he didn't move the log. He didn't, he didn't yeah. catch the fucking log. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my, it just made no sense. 
existence my, whatsoever. See, this is the this is this is the difference between myself and my wife. My wife, my, her her angle, TG's angle, is very much like it violated the known laws of physics as has been defined in the Star Wars universe. My problem is, it was a blatant way for Abrams to say "fuck Episode 8. It was a magic wand to to solve that situation is all it was it 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 wasn't natural it did not feel natural if there was a way that they could have done a Chekhov's gun earlier in the film to show that this is something that's possible then it would make sense but there just was no lead up whatsoever for that moment and the reason they did they had no lead up to that moment is because they wanted you to be surprised but to me it didn't come across as being surprised okay. it just okay. came okay. across as being awkward brian slabby's in chat he says if if someone had thrown the log obi-wan would have caught it <laughs> 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 but, but but no my, my whole thing was they had that scene in episode eight where luke like very disrespectfully threw the lightsaber over his th- shoulder and then in this one, he catches it. He's like, this is a Jedi's weapon. You should treat this with respect. It was J.J. Abrams saying, fuck episode eight. That's what he was doing. I don't agree. But that's neither here nor there. Phil? I I, I think I, at the end of the movie, I got a giant fuck you from J.J. Abrams. But we'll talk about that later. Um, so, you are right. This is J.J. Abrams saying, fuck you. It's J.J. Abrams saying fuck you to Lucas's establishment of what the Force can and can't do, the expanded universe's establishment of what the Force can and can't do, and every um, grognard, diehard Star Wars fan who clings to that kind of mentality with rigid and mortal abandon. Um, Thank you, Phil! That finally... Finally, finally, I wondered why that was it. That was, he started to say fuck you to Lucas right there. And then when she ignited her yellow lightsaber, that was the final fuck you. The one thing Lucas said would never be in Star Wars. Yes. Yes. So so this is pretty much like him saying, okay, if it isn't clear to everything that has happened in seven and eight until and nine until now, what you know and what you think the force can and can't do is wrong. The fact that Luke Skywalker, Master Skywalker, as a powerful and prominent force ghost, can catch that saber in his ephemeral, not really here hand, it just shows you how powerful in the force Skywalker is. Of course he didn't catch it. The force caught it. And Luke is just standing there with a ghostly hand wrapped around it. That's all it is. That's all it is. He come as soon as Ray cocked that arm back, we all knew Skywalker's catching it. Skywalker's gonna catch it. And sure enough, and out he comes. Yeah, sorry. You know. And just as we saw Yoda call down the lightning on the tree in the last film, of course Skywalker picked up Rogue Five, uh, Red Five. Of course he did. Yes. 
Okay, so of course he did. And of course he had this, that dumbass smirk on his face, going. Know. Okay, okay, I gotta agree with Chris. The, 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 it's too much, and the the problem is because, and we'll come to this. Because this was J.J. Abrams saying, fuck episode eight, I'm going to make up my own episode eight, I'm going to make my own episode nine, and I'm going to take both movies and I'm going to cram them into one movie. Um, uh, be- because <laughs> All right, there, there I'm agreeing with okay. you. There, there I'm kind of with you. B- because that happened, and as we've been hinting at from my perspective, this movie had way too many Chekhov's guns, it had way too many death fakeouts, it had way too many MacGuffins, because it was too many movies, two separate movies, it should have been two separate movies, crammed into a single film now you're you're not the first person i've heard who said that okay. and and i at least agree that the film should have been at least like a half hour longer it should have been at least yeah, a half too. hour longer in order to do that now because of that they have these amazing turning moments like in episode eight this this turn moment was the appearance of yoda where it was like oh my god okay and it's this moment that's this epic incredible moment that that was a turning moment with Luke, with Luke's appearance and everything else. But they'd already had so many of these moments in the film that it was just too much. It didn't have yeah. the, it didn't have the gravitas it should have. Mm-hmm. And it no, it, I'm, I'll agree with you there. I mean, I'm sorry, Luke appearing. That's gravitas with with Luke lifting the X wing with that smirk on his face and the exact same score. That you saw on Dagobah when Yoda was lifting the X-Wing in the same manner. And it was like, it, it tugged at my heartstrings in such a visceral way. But it lacked the impact it should have because it was so too much. <laughs> That's sad. To quote, we'll get to, to back quote, to things to, that lack impact, but to quote, I agree to with quote, you. To quote Dio. Sad. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Um... Uh, so, I mean, Krista, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, Krista, I'm, I'm afraid I may have stolen your thunder on that. I apologize. No, no, that's fine. I don't, I wouldn't go as far as saying that it's sad. Um, it was, it was just not as, it was clear that there was a certain emotion that they wanted you to feel. And it just wasn't possible because of what all had happened prior in the film. Um, all of the different film mechanics that they had used prior to that but that didn't necessarily decrease my enjoyment of the entire film or the rest of the film i didn't change my perspective of of my enjoyment from that one scene that's fair that's fair yeah so they have the five minutes on octo ray has her come to jesus moment or 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 cup <laughs> Whatever. Skywalker. Come to Skywalker. Come to Skywalker. Come, come to Skywalker moment. moment. All right. And and, and she, she realizes and it's like, okay. And he's like, oh, you have everything you need. And then she she gets into the wreckage, the burnout wreckage of of Ren's tie silencer, and she pulls out a singed but still functional wayfinder number one. Miraculously, it didn't burn. Miraculously hey. did not it burn. It wasn't a box. I mean yeah. what's in the box? Uh, <laughs> um Pausing for a second, what did you think about the Luke and Leia flashback? I didn't mind it. I felt, I felt sincerely, had Leia had 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 Carrie Fisher, God rest her soul, been alive to be in this film, I think they probably would have had more Luke and Leia flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Because I I think it was very clear that. They, and again, 
there, there's a couple threads they did manage to pull from episode eight. And one of those was the fact that they very clearly set up that Luke had clearly trained her. That yeah. she, she had some force ability. But there was a reason that she said, fuck this noise. Okay, there was a reason for that. And and they so I, I think they, they came to that. Okay. Okay. But again, it was just too much. It was too it was there, there was so much plot in this film. There was so much fl- plot in this film. I had to take a shower after I was done. I was like, just to wash all the plot off. I was like, oh, there's so much plot. It's so, oh, right. It was, it was, it was seriously, it was, it was, I mean, so, so much plot just, just showered me with the plot. Um, I don't agree. I honestly feel like that should have been like an episode 10. I, I yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Like, no. I, I think you would have. No. It, I mean, if they set it up in the very beginning and said, hey, we're going to have four uh, movies to tell this whole saga. Sure. I'm fine with that. But I think if you would have. You didn't want a Deathly Hallows this, one and two. <laughs> yeah. No. It, I think you would have pissed off a lot of people. I, I well, would have. I would have settled for a Return of the King four-hour marathon. This this film pissed off a lot of people, regardless, Krista. Well, it's Star Wars, so that's gonna happen. Period. Because and, let's, of... and let's not compare it to Deathly Hallows. I prefer to think of Breaking Dawn. You know, Twilight, Breaking Dawn, Part One and Part Two. Okay, um, because in Episode Eight, Leia clearly does sparkle. Okay, um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So, okay. <clears throat> she gets there. She leaves. She she leaves Octo. And she goes to Exegol because she's got the Wayfinder. And I didn't mind this at all. She's broadcasting her waypoints back to the Resistance. They're like, what the shit? We're getting a broadcast. She's showing us the way. Brilliant. Brilliant. Loved it. Great. Yes. Phil? Me too. No? No? No, I'm got, I'm down. I'm down. I'm I was all about good to say, and thus comes the like the undoing of the death fake out with three PO. Yes, yeah. and thus, yeah. thus comes the undoing of the death fake out with three PO. Okay, and so at that point, the resistance is already. They're like, all right, Lando and Chewie are off going to try and find some peeps to give us some backup, but we gotta head to Exegol. And they go to Exegol, and they're like, all right. And, well, there's this army, this complete armada of hundreds of Star Destroyers, and each one of them is twice as big as a normal Star Destroyer, and each one of them can blow up an entire planet, but because of plot, they can't take off without a nav beacon. One nav beacon, so we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna freaking destroy that, and then they can't take off, and we can at least mitigate the problem, t- take off with the takeoff. And then, and so, and so they go, well, we're going to ground assault. Okay, great. We'll do a ground assault. Like, How are we going to do a ground assault? And Finn's like, I have an idea. And I'm like, Finn, I know what your idea is because I saw the space horses. And I saw, I saw, I saw the chick making goo goo eyes at you. And so I know where things are going to go and you're going to, and I'm, I'm all down. I have no problem with this. Let's take the fourth Chekhov's gun off the mantle. Come on, let's do it. Cock it, load it, get ready to fire it. And and then they show up and 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 General Pride, being General Pride as he is, he's like, they're going after the nav beacon. Well, that's bullshit. 
let's turn it off and make my massive super star destroyer the nav beacon. And then, with the insanity ridiculousness of that, it leads to one of what was, in my opinion, one of the coolest role-playing game moments that's ever happened, which is a ground assault that landed on the surface of a freaking Super Star Destroyer with space <laughs> horses! Yes. <laughs> I did enjoy that. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was so cool. I liked it. I loved watching it. I mean, I, okay, so here's where my brain went. Um, was I wanted to study each part of the horse's costume because that's what I want to dress my horse up for Halloween next year. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna okay. Have to okay, do now it. now this I, is this is a woman as we're watching episode six of The Mandalorian. She's like <laughs> she's she's like wow they did a really good job and I'm like with what she goes oh it doesn't matter I'm like no what she's like okay well no when they're riding the blurgs. The way they had the the riders' bodies move, it wasn't like they were on a horse. It had a different center of mass, a different center of gravity. Right. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, they <laughs> took into they took into consideration the gate and and the length of the gate to how the riders' bodies moved with the yeah. So <laughs> equestrian geek out for a moment. Nice. Apologies. <clears throat> I, All good. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought that scene was great. Um, I thought the Sith troopers looked cool. I wish they actually were, I don't know, did anything aside from just die like normal stormtroopers and be bad shots. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So what? What? Okay. So, Phil, you had something you clearly wanted to say about the whole nav beacon and everything else like that. And, and this... That whole sequence. I mean, what, what, what? It's 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 not the nav beacon. We're we're almost there. We're almost there. Okay. Okay. I'll, 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 I'm I'm saving it in my back pocket. Okay. Keep rolling. All right. We'll so, get so, so they have this wicked ground assault on a freaking star destroyer with the space, which horses. is ballsy, ballsy to the max. It, it's bold. It's a bold move, Cotton. It's a bold move. <laughs> see okay. if it works we'll see out how it plays him. out. All right. It's a it's a bold move, Cotton. We'll see how it plays out. All right. And and it's 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 a bold move, but it, it's it's total awesomeness, okay? And then all seems lost, all seems lost, and they're still not making a difference. And <coughs> and then Lando shows up at the nth hour with an armada of the biggest armada of any armada that's ever armaded in the history of armadaing. And here is where I think. And feel in my heart that whoever it was, I can't remember if it was in a trailer or if it was in the Entertainment Weekly's preview photos. They showed the Millennium Falcon in front of this cluster of ships. They took and spoiled that for that entire reveal for me. And that is my biggest problem with this part of the arc as I'm sitting there watching all of this go down. I'm watching Snap get, oh, snapped and just die. I'm watching all these fighters get destroyed. I'm watching Poe Dameron have this crisis moment of, guys, I thought we could do this. I'm sorry I led you to death. And all I'm thinking, all I'm doing sitting there is going, okay, so once Lando's showing up and I'm getting that picture. 
it completely eliminated every bit of weight from that scene. All of it. I hear your frustration, and I feel it. Having said that, was there ever any real doubt that Lando wouldn't show up with reinforcements, even if you hadn't had that shot? It's a fair point. (laughs) (laughs) And it, it didn't take away the weight of when it cut to Lando and just like, oh my god. That's a lot of ships. Okay, James, uh, uh, incredible freelancer for FFG and many other things. James Michael Spahn is in chat. And he says, I, I love the love the charge of the space horses. I want a meme of that scene set to the My Little Pony theme. <laughs> I, 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 My I, girlfriend is probably right there with you. I would completely agree. Awesome. Also, I need, to, I need to make a comment here, and this is going to pre- be preemptive to your problem, Dave. Justin Godfrey says, I feel like the people making these movies aren't paying attention to the rest of what is being made canon. Justin, I will completely disagree with that statement. Because <laughs> the number the number of minuscule fan service callbacks to everything that has happened in Rebels and everything that is, is happening in the current... Sh- I mean, in, in Clone Wars and the current shows, from ships to lightsaber colors to everything else that is canon now, ladies and germs, I felt they paid excellent homage to. But we will come to that. <laughs> um, We're going to do a lot of coming later. I God, I hope so. <laughs> um, but if I finish this bottle of SoCo, probably not so much. Um, no, no, it, you won't if you do. Just telling you mm. now. You won't. Tell me. You, you tell me now. That bottle. You tell me now. Um, right. Okay. So, meanwhile, while all this is going on, Ray meets Palpatine, and Palpatine is this floating, like, on a on an arm that goes off into the distance. You know, half mechanical, clone, <laughs> whatever. I don't know. Milky white eyes, Palpatine. I, I kind of liked how they portrayed him with the strobe lighting. It made him look very evil, very blah. And zombie Palpatine. Zombie Palpatine. And Ray is given this choice before before Lando shows up with all the extras. That you know, you know. Listen, you can strike me down and take my place, but then I will possess you and take your place, and you can stop this now and save everyone's lives. And and Ray is given this choice. And then Lando shows up with this armada. Um, by the way, I really did enjoy, I actually really enjoyed this line where uh, General Pride is like, what, Pride what, is what, like what, where's all this coming from? They don't have, from? they don't it's have just any, people. It's like, it's just people. So yeah, he says, you know, it's, it's people, just people. I absolutely love that moment. I thought it was great. Um, then Palpatine shows that he can force lightning with the best of them by force lightning an entire armada. Thoughts? Again, too much. Just too much. It's it's the whole hand wavy wand thingy. No. It's let's but, throw a plot device in oh. just to create emotion before, and heighten the, we, the threat. Before we got there though. Didn't Ben show up before this and then Yes. Yeah, and then he he, the whole... he he used their life force to come back so that he could do the force lightning thing. We we saw the whole like you know you have your choice you you strike me down and 
all of all and Palpatine reveals that he is the embodiment of every Sith before him. And the reason why you find out why he wanted Luke to strike him down in the first place and why he wants Ray to strike him down now is because then he and all the other dark side Sith masters that have gone back in perpetuity flows into Ray and thus right. inferring that Ray is no longer Ray. Ray is just the Sith. The new Sith, and that's why there's always two Sith. Okay, okay. So well there wasn't always two Sith, but but because so because this happened then, because this happened so before this happened, then you're right, you're right, I'm a bit out of order. Ben shows up in a TIE fighter. Don't know how he got a TIE fighter, but he got a TIE fighter. He shows up. Let, let's let's talk briefly. I can hand wave that. It's fine. Maybe there were TIE fighters that can go through hyperspace. They always have been. They always have. But, well, I'm just figuring out how he got a TIE fighter when he was stranded on Endor's moon. But well, well it was, um, you saw a few still left in the Death Star. There, you saw a few there. Mm. Yeah, there were. There was a there TIE were. Yes, there okay, were some okay. in the Death Star. All right, then I recant that whole thing. Okay, but they wouldn't have had hyperdrives when he. Well, you, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I, I, maybe. All right. This is. So this is how that happens. Woohoo! They had hyperdrives. <laughs> I waved my hand they, and it they, happened. They, they, they oh, hey, destiny point. I sure am glad I parked this thing here. Sure, I'm glad. <laughs> sure, yes, I'm sure glad it has a, had a hyperdrive in it. Um, yeah. He shows up. Can we talk about the change in his look? Can we talk about the good job that the costumers did? Can we talk about the good job that the actor did? In that he's now got this undershirt on that's a little free flowing and a little pirate. It doesn't look like he's playing S and M bondage anymore. It, 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 it's it, it. He looks like a guy. He looks like he's still. He's still got the gut wound. He's still, in the in, he's the in the shirt. Still got the gut wound in the shirt, but he looks like a guy. He looks like Ben. And when he shows up, you're like, oh my god, that's not Kylo Ren. It's Ben. It's his hairstyle. It's the shirt he's choosing to wear. It's 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 everything. By the by, I mean, I thought that the 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 resemblance between um, Adam Driver and Harrison Ford was kind of a stretch until this particular scene when he's looking up and he and Ray are obviously having that forced shared vision thing and he's got that smirk on his face. I'm like, holy shit, he could be Harrison Ford's kid. <laughs> I, I did not see it until that scene. You said, yeah, you and said his, you mannerisms his mannerisms during that scene. I, <gasps> oh my I, god! It made me wish that I had seen more of that <laughs> character because clearly, when he yeah. was cutting, you know, cutting them all down, or he pulled out the saber and went. That, that scene, he pulls out the saber. He's just gonna stand there and just that brief moment of ta-da. <laughs> yes, it was and wonderful. Then like oh that was great i want more of that so he shows up the emperor reveals oh yeah you guys are a force dyad <coughs> which is a new thing apparently um now they kind of sort of hint again one of those threads that they didn't throw away from episode eight is that snoke is like you know as as the light right as the dark rises the light rises to meet it basically saying kylo you can't become this powerful this quickly. You got to have an opposite number. That's just the way the force works. It's the way the universe works. But at the same time, Snoke also very clearly says, "Oh yeah, that link between you. I made that link." 
<laughs> like, I linked you two. I linked you, bitches. I did it. Me, I did it. That's why you're linked. But now they took that thread, they threw it away in the garbage and burned it and said, no, it's just, you're a dyad. It's just, you're incredibly powerful. It's just the way it goes. It's just the way it goes. And Palpatine's like, Ray, I've been trying to kill you now for three movies. You didn't know it was me for the first two movies. It was just Snoke, (laughs) who, by the way, I made. By the way, here's some, here's some, some alien resurrection clone tubes of earlier versions of Snoke. By the way, uh, I, I made him. I've been trying to kill you. I told Kylo to kill you at the start of this film. I sent a bounty hunter, a Jedi hunter, to go find you just to kill you. But now I don't want to kill you anymore. I want you to kill me. <laughs> and, and no, no, wait, I don't want you to kill me anymore. Now that you're a dyad, I'm just going to suck the life. I'm going to go, I'm going to become a Dementor. And I'm going to suck the life out of both of you and just become myself again. So I never needed you to kill me in the first place. I'm just going to suck the life out of you and suck it and suck it until you both fall dead. And then I'm Palpatine again. I know that my eyes are yellow. They're not white anymore. They're yellow. I don't need this crane holding me up anymore. I'm standing here. Look at my clothing. It is much better than my original robes. And it really was fantastic costuming. It is much better than my original robes. And then I'm going to reach my hands into the heaven because I am all the Sith who have come before me. And I'm going to lightning strike an entire armada of about 10,000 ships, and I'm going to lightning strike them all right now. <laughs> and that happened. Yeah, happened. And guess what? I got no problem with that. I don't. <laughs> I really don't. You, you Me may neither. Not, yeah. <clears throat> He's the embodiment of a thousand Sith before him. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of okay with that. And, and especially since they turn it and... Every Jedi gets into Rey, and Rey does her own Jedi badassery. So I had no problem with it. So then we then we get to that. So so okay. So so Kylo defeats the Knights of Ren. Then he get then they both get their souls sucked, and 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 Dementor comes out, and 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 then Ben is tossed into a bottomless pit. It's another death fake out. Death fake out number six. <clears throat> Yep. <laughs> Not number six. And then Ray is completely toast, but, and I'm sorry, I loved this. Because again, the seventh, I think it's the seventh now, Chekhov's gun comes off the wall, and she has this moment where she's staring up at the stars, and she says, Be with me. And they call back to that original scene, and we hear, Can we talk about the voice cameos? Because we know from pure credit casting that Hayden Christensen came back to voice Anakin Skywalker. We know that Samuel L. Jackson came back to voice Mace Windu. We know that um, uh, Liam Neeson came back to voice Qui-Gon Jinn, and Ewan McGregor came back to voice Obi-Wan. We know, you know, and Yoda, and 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 all, and, and we hear... And, and we, Kanan Jarrus! Was Kanan Jarrus in that? Yes. Wow, they had Freddie Prince Jr. in that, doing Kanan Jarrus. That's awesome. Ashley Eckstein. And they had Ashley, they had Ahsoka. They had, oh, they Ahsoka was there Eckstein too. Yeah, Ahsoka, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Adi Galia. Oh my God. So, so her credit. So they, 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 they had every actor who played a major Jedi in, in multiple forms of, of canon media come back. At least 10 of them. At, at least, least 10 of at them. At least. And it we was, needed Yaddle though. We didn't. <laughs> well, Yaddle didn't have any lines. So. I, I know. So yeah. yeah. Um, hand wave. Hand wave. God, and this is the way. Uh, 
and <laughs> and then and then and then Ray comes back and she's able to deflect that force lightning with a single lightsaber, and then she gets another lightsaber. She's Leia's lightsaber and puts it in his ass. Boom! And she and she she blows him up like a birthday pinata, and he goes he go he go boom. The whole Sith Temple go boom. The whole Sith Temple go boom. All the followers go boom. Everybody goes boom because he failed to learn his lesson when Mace Windu fucked up his face decades before. Legit. Totally, yep. totally legit. Um, however, in this process, she herself dies. And yep. then, and then because sort of. because sort of because it's a death fake out, Ben crawls out of the pit. He comes to her, and he heals her, because Chekhov's gun. And he heals her, and, but, but, but he's going to die himself. I enjoy This is where my wonderful enjoyment of my film dies. Right Which here. Part? I really, okay, I really did enjoy, let's, before we get there, the makeup... And special effects that showed her pale, dead, lifeless body. And you saw her skin tones warm and she returned to life again. And then when the, when the camera moved to Kylo, or excuse me, Ben now, you saw he was starting to grow paler and those same features he was taking, you realize he's going to die. And then, Dave, they have the most unearned, ridiculous kiss it, I hated that kiss. I knew it. I hated it. So, I get it. I get the kiss because, and ironically enough, this kind of has come up in like a meme that came around recently of two characters who absolutely hate each other. Think about like the Taming of the Shrew type thing. We have two people who are just animosity hated hatred of each other, and they are just destined to be together. They tried to they they started to set that up in seven. They it got a lot more traction in eight, and the culmination of it came in nine. The problem is, I think in the past few years, there's been this real rise of getting rid of broken stairs and cutting people out of your life who who aren't worth it, who are just inherently bad and you are much better off you know whether regardless of whether or not they kind of redeem themselves and 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 turn around and and become good and the 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 mentality of just because they do that doesn't take away the fact of who they were in the past i think a lot of that is the reason why that kiss is getting the the negative reaction that it is i expected it i as soon as that happened i knew it was coming you kind of knew that that was going to be the culmination as far, as soon as Ben Solo came back. There was that connection. There was that – they hinted at that 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 romance, that potential connection there. Um, as, as sad as it is because it's only been a few years, I just don't think it aged well. It's not It's not the ending that a lot of people wanted now. But there it is. It wasn't earned. That kiss was not earned. When you watch a film, and there's a difference. When you watch a film where two characters are built up enough where they finally kiss, 
and inside you can feel, yes, finally, like Taming of the Shrew, the way that that plays out when they do get together, you're like, yes, finally, because of the way that it was built up. But sure. It it just didn't feel earned in this in this I situation. I could see that. So Dave, is this the problem you were referring to? Nope. That's still not the problem. Okay, well what was the problem? That the Dude, it's the, coming. It's coming. Yeah, no, I mean the this is where it jumped the tracks for me and derailed. The rest of it is just a massive train wreck. But I'll get to the biggest part that I'm pissed off about later. What do you mean? This was the end of the film. I mean, at this point... No, 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 I'm going to tell you. Okay, okay, okay. Did you not like that Ben died? No, no. Hey, Ben dying, I think, was absolutely perfect. The way they did it with him and Leia both disappearing at the same time, joined as mother and son, freaking fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I'll buy that. All right, but that that doesn't get uh, the the kiss was just so hollow, and there's better ways to make his death so much more poignant, and probably would have brought a tear to my eye instead of an eye roll. But that's me. I cringed. I literally cringed with the kiss. I was like, "Oh, don't no," and then it happened. Yeah. A lot of my friends did not like, you know, it could have a lot of my friends were like, you know, I'd have been happy with a hug. I've been fine with a hug. Yeah, a hug would have been really good. I've been fine. Speaking of good hugs, (coughs) after this, after this happens, we go back to the resistance base. All right. And all's good in the hood. All right. Uh, We see the we see Rafe and Poe having the hug of super hugs. <laughs> they hug it out like champs in an emotional and cr- in an emotional tear filled chemistry scene that again explains to me why I'm so angry. This trilogy did not get that this trio did not get more screen time together through the entire trilogy because this film showed me how good they were together on screen. Um, Chewie gets a medal. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. That was just another blatant fan service thing that I could have lived without, but Fuck I thought you. it was. Fuck I, you, Dave. I, I don't thought care. it was still. Fuck you, hey, Dave. You, let me let me finish. Let me finish because I thought it was really poignant and I thought it was awesome. Okay. Chewie, Chewie. I could have lived, but I could have lived without it. My friends were crying. They like they like they had they had like collected themselves. They were okay, and then Chewie got the medal, Chewie got and they were medal. crying again. <laughs> Chewie got a medal, Dave. Chewie got a medal. Chewie deserved a goddamn medal, and he got his medal. I get it. Uh, I get it. So, Chewie, so, so, so that's all good. Now, Phil, you had a. Mo- I-, I know what you were talking about earlier. Um. Now, I, I want to let's let's talk about this deeply. There was a mo- uh, there were several moments we we talked about an unexpected moment of inclusion earlier in the film where we had a droid. That re- that that represented, um, yeah. you know, uh, a, a segment of diversity, a, a good segment of our population diversity. We saw a couple of side characters, two female characters, engaged in a very passionate kiss at yep. the end of this film. Um, yep. I'm assu- I'm assuming that's that, what you're referring to. That's exactly it. Um, I applaud the Star Wars saga for including that. 
for for giving us that moment of LGBTQ inclusion. I feel like they should have gone further. Because let's face it, of the two pairings, two women kissing is definitely more socially acceptable to the broader masses than two men kissing. And I feel that while they went far, they should have gone that extra step. He wanted the bromance. You wanted the bromance. Not even necessarily that. I just, I honestly feel like that, you know, it could have used, I don't even care if it was two side characters, two background characters you never even saw anywhere else in the film. Two guys just hugging it out and kissing. Dominic Monaghan and Nien Nub. Sure, why not? Why not? I feel like, you know, you, you guys went, you guys almost got there. But you brought it back, you pulled it back to the one pairing that is more socially acceptable. And maybe that was a judgment choice, and that's fine. Let, let's, maybe, let, let's, but let's, they, hey, they, they threw a high hard one by the Chinese censors that then had to react yesterday. Oh, shit, we missed something. Did y'all see that in the news? No, no, I missed that. What was it? I missed that. They didn't edit it in China. And then everybody's like, oh, a gay kiss. And, and China was like, oh, shit, we got to edit it. And so now all of a sudden oh, it's edited. Lord. And Phil, while I agree with you completely, let's also let's also be realistic about the fact that this is Disney. Mm, I know. And, and even, I... even, even that is... Not where it should have been. It should have been more, I agree. But still a positive step forward for what has traditionally been a film house that is not willing to support that in any way, shape, or form. It is a step forward. I I will take it as a step forward. Bravo to you. You can go further, Lucasfilm. You can go further. And and they will in The Mandalorian. You just wait. Um, um, I have hopes. I have hopes. (laughs) So Lando also has a great moment where he connects with uh, Jera, who's. I love that. I, I, I love that they. That's... I had. I love that they didn't go that 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 far and thinking to myself, "That's his kid, and this is going to be great." And you just kind of, you just kind of put that in your file for later. And can, sp- that's okay, great. Speaking of that, and speaking of what you just brought up, Phil, can we talk about the fact? And Krista, I don't know if you know this because you don't follow this kind of news as religiously as I do. Can we talk about the fact that Billy D. Williams, who's in his 80s at this point, okay? That Billy D. Williams, ladies' man of ladies' mans for a very long time. <laughs> in, in the press junket for this, it came out, he was very straight up about the fact that he was pansexual. Not just, yeah, not just pansexual, gender fluid. Gender fluid. Gender fluid. Gender fluid. And, and it, was like, it was like, wow, Billy D. Billy D, Billy D, Billy D. Um, <laughs> so I thought I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I, I'm 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 all over, like all the good stuff and inclusive inclusivity that's coming out of this film. Yeah, yes, I'm it's, glad. It's, it. it's 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 greatness. It's greatness. Now the film ends again. I know where you're going, Dave. The film ends with Ray making her way to Tatooine. To wrap the saga where it began, to bury the lightsabers of Luke and Leia in the sands of Tatooine, where their father was born, or wasn't born, but was from. Raised. Raised. Um, And then ignites her own lightsaber. She's finally achieved that master status. She's built her own lightsaber. Yes. Um, 
Is this your problem? What? You said you had a problem, and you're waiting for me to come to it. What's your problem? I'm, my problem is literally the last line in the movie. Oh, and really? <laughs> yes, really. Because J.J. missed a, missed a chance to end the saga. If he truly wanted to end the saga, this was the way to do it. You put Luke and Leia and Ben and Anakin as Force ghosts, and Ray acknowledges them and simply says, I'm Ray. And it ends. And that would have been so satisfying. Instead, now the Skywalker saga continues. Give me a fucking break, JJ. I hate you. <laughs> See, I, I I I didn't mind it at all. For me, this was a this was now look. I had a problem with the fact that she had to be of a specific bloodline, but that's a totally different problem. That's shitting on episode eight, okay? But but look, when when it's like like why is she a Palpatine? Because why? Because he would because he was a sperm donor to a daddy she never knew. I'm sorry, that's not family. And I've got enough experience with family, and so do you, Dave. To know goddamn well your family are the people you choose. They're the people you choose to raise you. They're the people you love. And when she was faced with that moment and she saw two people that were parents to her more than anyone else in her life. At that moment, she was like, no, fuck that. I'm a Skywalker. I loved that. I actually loved that. No, and and that's a part of me that, that understands exactly why that happened. I just think in the in the ecosystem of Star Wars films, I I don't think that that was the right choice to go down, and it just simply pissed me off. That's all. But yeah, no, I I totally get the whole. I'm gonna choose my family because they've been my family, and 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 that's that's all well and good. I also see you know Ray Ray. I don't know. I I can go either way on this, but I just left a really bad taste in my mouth for how to wrap up the trilogy or the the trilogy of trilogies i guess saga. yeah yeah i don't know krista this Phil? well the saga was about her learning who she was right just like the originals was about luke learning who he was and the prequels were about anakin learning who he was and not necessarily learning about what their lineage was because maybe that was part of it but just discovering self-discovery for all of them right and so for it to end with her defining who she was because that's what the original question was does bring everything full circle but i get why she could have defined herself as just being ray and it still could have completed the the circle so i see your point there i don't think there was a win there i think there are just as many people who are on (laughs) dave's wavelength as there were who folks who like no at the end of that she had to be ray skywalker yeah, ex- I think the only way to piss everybody off is for her to say, "Why? Well, my name's Ray Palpatine." <laughs> yeah, that would. Yeah, but, you, but, you, but I've heard people bitching saying that. So no, she should have said that. That she owns. Okay, yeah. She owns the name. I've heard people say that, and it's like, oh god, it's it's just it's just okay. Okay, so yeah. I want to I want to take another good few minutes, guys, with the four of us. I want I want to first talk about. Because I've got a list. 
<laughs> I want to talk first and foremost about the things we liked. I want to talk about the things we really enjoyed about this film. Um, I'll go. I'll go first because I got a list written down. Good or bad, as I said before, this entire film was so reminiscent of so much stuff from Avatar: The Last Airbender, from Kylo's redemption to Ray's discovery of force capabilities. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you go watch that. And if you're going to steal or borrow from something, borrow from that. It was fucking amazing. Okay. I love there were utterly amazing visuals and action. I was never bored ever. I was never bored in the entire film. All right. Yeah. It did not. It had a fantastic pace. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely and love that. Like, too. like the nonstop breakneck pace. It's both good and bad. But I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that I wasn't bored. Um, so many Chekhov's guns, but I love the fact that they use them and they actually use them well. You get you 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 you, you set something up, you pay it the fuck off. Now, now it's a different conversation to say that you set up seventeen things, then you pay off seventeen things. That means the movie's too crowded. But at least you set things up, and at least you paid it all off it, within the film yeah. itself. I love the chemistry in the core trio. Absolutely. Uh. Absolutely loved it. I love Dio. Unlike, like, BB-8 became a very lovable character, but he was made to sell merch. Dio was made to sell merch. This is the way. But he turned out to be a wonderful little droid that I absolutely loved being added to the universe, and I really respect what he adds. I love that 3PO was actually useful and had a real role that mattered for a huge chunk of the film. I loved Poe's backstory. Um, and that he build it, build it on the lessons of episode eight and becoming a leader. Um, and then there was the fanboy shit, light speed skipping and the consequences. Freaking, as like I said, I freaking loved it. General Hux is the spy. I, I don't care what you say. I love the entire arc. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was brilliantly fun. I thought it was great. Um, I loved Han's return. It was unexpected. It was emotional. It was beautiful. I loved all the fan service. Can we talk about Wedge's cameo? Can we talk about Seriously. the fact that Dennis Lawson <laughs> showed up for three seconds? Can we talk about that? Not even, but he was there. Uh, so <laughs> all the fan, all the fan service things. Yellow lightsabers. Okay, they're canon. They're canon. Yeah, right. they're canon, sort of. Yeah. Not I so, mean, no, I, not. you can't even say sort of. They're they're not. They they've never made an appearance in a film. That doesn't matter. Yeah, they, they were they were in Clone Wars and they were in Rebels. Yeah, but now were it's they, were official. They, were they, they made a yellow yeah. lightsaber? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Were, were they were they in Episode Two? Oh no, that's oh you mean Clone Wars the show? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So the, they, the they TV were, series. Yeah, yeah. They, they were in Clone Wars. They were in Rebels, and that is canon. Okay, but now now they're officially in a show. Um, I loved I loved all the fan service. I loved Be with Me. I loved those scenes with Ray. Um. And again, I liked what Dave hated. I loved. I loved that Ray picked her family at the end. I freaking like that. I mean, there, there. That's my list, guys. Let's go around the table. High points. What were the high points for you, Dave? Um, yeah, I've already talked about my high points for the most part. I loved. I loved everything about the pacing of the film. I sat there up until about the last seven minutes of the film, thinking, "Man, I'm going to come out of here, and I'm going to be totally wrong that JJ didn't fuck everything up." And and for for what it was supposed to do, I still I still think I, I have some procedural problems with it. But it was an entertaining film. I I maintain 
that it is the best and worst all at the same time. That's why I put it between the two because I was a huge last Jedi fan and not so much a, uh, a force awakens fan, but you know, that that's, that is what it is. I, I enjoyed the chemistry between the actors. They were, it was absolutely incredible. We've talked about this a million times. I love the fact that when Maz came back, I was like, yes, all right, there's Maz. I loved it, right? I don't know why. I don't know why I loved it so much, but I did. I don't know. I, I, there was a lot of a lot of that film that I really liked. I'm, I'm seeing it again tomorrow, and, and I really uh, I wanted to see it again before this, but I had all kinds of family stuff. But, um, yeah, it was um, – I'm going to see it again tomorrow, and we're going to see what else I pick up from it. But uh, – um, some of the Easter eggs that were in there from throwbacks to God knows when were fantastic. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I, I really, I really, really thought that I thought we were going to have a, a Mandalorian tie in with the yellow blaster bolts in the trailer, but we didn't. Um, so that disappointed me a little, little bit, but, but we'll see. I don't know, but that was my goods. My goods were all pretty much, you know, solid star Wars kind of movie. And I, yeah, so on the whole, I enjoyed it. <clears throat> Krista? So a lot of the things that Chris said, um, I I do agree with. I loved the pacing. I think the number one thing that I, I liked about the film, and I've said this multiple times, is that as the viewer, I was treated as being intelligent. I had things weren't spelled out for me. It was assumed that I could understand that. But as a result of it being fast paced, it means that it was very, very thick. And I've heard some people complain about that. I actually like that because I think there's an, there's an interesting aspect to human psychology is that the longer it takes us to to, to have a, a work of art, whether that be music or movie or a painting, um, to reveal all of its subtleties to us, the more fond us as humans tend to become of it. And I think that lends pieces of art to, to feel nostalgic to us. That's part of, of, of that nostalgia feeling. And so this film, I enjoyed it so much because it was thick. I know I can go back and watch it again and I will get more out of it and it will be enjoyable the second time. The third Uh time that feel that way to me. But every time I go back to them, I had that nostalgic feeling. And so for that is probably the number one thing about this film that I enjoyed. I look at, to your point, look at the prequels. Five years ago, the prequels were hated universally by even hardcore Star Wars fans. And look what's happened in the last five years. Look at how, the, look at how our views on them have softened as a fandom. Hmm. I still think episode one is tear shit for me, but you know. Well, a few people will argue with that. But, no, Krista, you bring up a very good point. And, and there's a fine line to tread between nostalgia and new. And, I don't know, this film seemed to very seemed to walk that line 
maybe successfully in some ways, maybe unsuccessfully in others, but it, it, it at least took up the challenge. And that's... I think it did it better than any of the other two films. Um, and it did a fantastic job of making the best film it could out of what I feel like are the ashes of episode eight. It, it, it really truly did do what it had to do in order for the film to be a good film. It had to treat episode eight the way that it did. Bill, you seem to agree with that. I think it was as good a capstone to the Skywalker saga as we were going to get. I think, and I hope that Carrie would have enjoyed it with them needing to do it, how they did it without her. Um, I think it gave us enough fan service and I think it gave us enough callbacks to all eight previous films and even beyond. Um, I think it opens a door to what comes next, but it's a very familiar door. It's a very similar to the door that we had when we got return of the Jedi. You know, looking at it from a gaming standpoint, the galaxy is kind of the same way now as it was at the end of, of return of the Jedi. So from a gaming perspective, a lot of the same themes you can kind of reuse. Like entire story arcs that came out in the expanded universe after Jedi ended and after West End Games picked up the storyline. Um, you can use a lot of that. There's there's probably going to be a First Order or Final Order remnant. There's going to be warlords that got away. There's going to be you know, ships that, that didn't get taken out by you know the various things about by the way, one of the good callbacks, it's all, it was awesome to see Wicket at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> More so that he was yeah. played by, by Boric Davis. It's good to see an old Wicket. I really enjoyed that. Um, and that's kind of where you have to go. I mean, I can only hope now that the series is over, that hopefully sometime next year I'll, I'll get a nice little email from FFG saying, Hey, Phil! We're finally doing saga stuff for the final trilogy. You want to write something? So hope I can get some stuff there. Sam, I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> but at the very least, a playtest opportunity at the very least. Uh, <laughs> but, um, it's a very familiar ending. And it's it's one that we've seen before. And it's it allows us to... Look at what comes now. Now we do, now Luke wasn't, you know, the series doesn't end with Luke as the only Jedi, and now he gets to rebuild the Order. Now it's Rey as the only Jedi. And Rey gets to rebuild the Order. Yeah. And the Empire is on the run. And the galaxy kind of has to look at itself and goes, okay, now what? Because we did the whole New Republic thing. And now it's, it did that didn't work. That got us where we are. So what now? Maybe now... The galaxy um, uh, fractals, and it breaks up into factions. Maybe instead of a grand new new republic, there's all these little nations, leagues, alliances that rise up, and maybe they start warring against each other. Maybe, maybe the Sith don't come back. Maybe the Sith are in fact gone. But that doesn't mean that the dark side is gone. It means that. 
the dark side just takes a new form. Yeah. A new uh, Sith. Something different. Something new. Where there's light, there must be dark, right? I mean, that's just dark. And where there's dark, there yeah. must be light. So the Jedi are coming back in some form. Ray's going Ray's gonna to see to that. But what form will the dark side take? That's where your story is, folks. That's where your adventures are. That's where the continuing adventures of this era of the Star Wars saga are going to take you. Look at that at that launching point. Don't do what's come before because it's yeah. done. Skywalker saga is done. If you guys really I'm want to do something else, if you really want a good suggestion of how to advance your own games in this timeline, I have two words for you. Using Vong. Oh my God. Sorry, I went there. Oh, Phil, wow. Phil, it's something different. Phil, wow. that, was, that was an excellent final thought and an excellent capstone to to those solid things. Now, hey, I, hold on, I got one more thing. I oh, got one please, more thing. Please, please do. All the old school characters from four, five, and six got to say the line, except Lando. It wasn't the best place for it, but Lando got to say the line. Oh, he did. Yeah, finally, yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the best place. It wasn't the most insurmountable odds. I have a bad feeling about this, but Lando got to say it. He did get I, to say I, it. I like that. I he, did like that. He did get to say it. He did. He absolutely did. Absolutely. Okay, now I want to talk about my issues. My quibbles. Oh, well, honey, listen. We're on a podcast about Star Wars. This my, okay. may not be appropriate. My, my issues with the film. Oh. so i want to i've broken this out into my quibbly shit and the big shit i want to start with the quibbly shit and you guys can argue with me on this all right as i said at the beginning no foreplay palpatine is back motherfucker how is he back? Who knows? When did he come back? God knows. Who cares? <laughs> We're not gonna fucking explain it to you. Is he a clone? Who the fuck knows? If he is a clone, then why is his face still all fucked up? Who knows? Who knows? We're not gonna fucking explain it to you. He's just back, motherfucker. Just fucking deal with it. <laughs> Alright? Yeah, I get it. <clears throat> I get it. Why right? do you need to know? Because, goddammit, he Be- does. Because <laughs> I'm a nerd. Because just fucking because I fucking because because Pal because Palpatine's back, um, okay, all right. So that's quibble number one. Quibble number two. Now you guys effectively shouted me down on this during our discussion, and I'm kind of okay with it. But apparently, Ray is a Yoda level fucking master now. She can force heal. She can stop a ship mid flight and then destroy it. Turn it into goddamn ash with force lightning, and then she can block force lightning with a lightsaber that was literally killing an entire fleet of 10,000 ships in the atmosphere of a planet not one minute of screen time previously. She's a Palpatine. She is a Palpatine, and... Be with me. She is all the Jedi. I get it. You guys shouted me down on that. Okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, can we talk about more more quibbly shit? I, I classify this as quibbly. It might as well be classified as big, but it's quibbly. So Rose is apparently an extra now? 
Does she love Finn? Do they have a relationship? Nope. I am so bullshit with that. I am so bullshit with that. I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the uh, Disney Plus series to come out with that. So. Well, well, Boyega has said that he's not been asked to do a Disney Plus series, and he's not interested in doing a Disney Plus series. Well, he's being a pussy then. So apparent, <laughs> apparently, and and if you want to piggyback on that, apparently Finn still loves Ray, and he almost tells her, but it's <sighs> never resolved in the film, despite oh. numerous callbacks between him and Poe. That was frustrating that they never according, resolved that. According to J.J. Abrams, in an interview in the past 24 hours, what he wanted to tell Ray, and that is hinted at throughout this movie, is that he's Force-sensitive. Uh, oh, and, and I saw that. I saw that in the film. I felt it. You, know, you did see I, it in I, the I, film. But why would Which he want to, to be... The question. Which leads me to this question. If Jaina and her troopers also had some kind of similar awakening, was that also part of the plan? That the First Order's plan was to find Force-sensitive children, force them to be stormtroopers, force them to do evil things, to make them fall to the dark side. Or as part of their training, did they give them all Baby Yoda juice? I mean that too. But could that be part of it? Could that now be like you've got Finn and Jaina, nice callback, and all these other stormtroopers that aren't, that are force sensitive, but aren't and wouldn't fall? There's your first group. And oh, oh, here, here, and here's, here's another problem I had. What about the kid from Canto Bite? I, I just, I, oh. I really wanted something. Oh, wrong. I know. Okay, okay. I know. <clears throat> That's going to get into my big stuff later. Okay. <clears throat> but, 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 yeah, but, 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 he was wanting to tell her that he was force sensitive. Why was he choosing the moment when he thought they were about to die? I know. And then he was afraid to tell Poe. Yeah. That doesn't seem bullshit. Quite... I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm calling bullshit on JJ's What are you going to tell somebody when you think y'all are about to die? Still though, it's still, not. still though, Phil brings up a good point. They did hint very strongly in the film yeah. that, that that Finn was force sensitive and that he clearly felt things, and uh-huh. that sounds like a great campaign point for any RPG group out there looking mm-hmm. to play in this post era. Oh, throwing that out there. Okay, okay, Phil, you got you got me on that one. Okay, my further He's quib- picking up my my further quibbles. As I've said before, Perfect. too many death fake outs. Yeah, we know. Chewie, Kylo, C-3PO, Zori Bliss, and Babu Frick. Ray none of them, none of them meant anything. Finn. It made death Ray. not really mean anything at the end. Yeah. When yeah. Kylo really, Ben really sacrificed himself. It, I, I, it still brought a tear to my eye, but I was pissed off about the kiss, so I didn't really cry. So, yeah, I don't know. So... I had issue with that. My last quibble, my last quibble that I've already mentioned is the Knights of Ren. The Knights six of Six Boba Fett's all in one movie. Six Boba yes. Fett's in one movie. They show up, they look awesome, they look like ghouls, they look like complete badasses. Ah fuck. They're useless and they don't do jack shit except beat the crap out of Kylo Ren without a lightsaber. And once he gets a lightsaber, 
They die like little bitches. All of them. I was so disappointed with that. So disappointed. So disappointed. There's that line from Snoke, you know, Kylo, the undisputed master of the Knights of Ren. I'm like, oh, so the Knights of Ren are bad? Ah, they're not badasses. I was hoping they were like, Force sensitives that they were like also students from Skywalker's Academy who fell. I was hoping so much from them, and they were such a letdown. <laughs> okay, James James Michael Spawn in chat says they were six Captain Phasmus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much true. Aww. It's Aww. cold, dude. That's cold. I mean, accurate. That's cold. I was expecting Captain Phasma to show up on the ship at some point because we didn't really truly know if she died. Nobody, no death. Did we need any more in this film, though? Did we need another plot point? No. But see, with the way it was going, and with so much that was coming back, I thought for sure she was about to show up. And you're not wrong. All right, Chris, what's your big stuff? All right, my big stuff. After watching this film, it was abundantly clear to me, as it has been clear to me for some time, and has been clear to the majority of fans who have a brain, this film highlighted the fundamental problem with Lucasfilm. It is, I could not believe this. It is clear that and obvious that there was, I don't care what they say, I don't care what the interviews is, there was no plan, no outline, no meta plot, no fucking series of sticky notes on a wall that outlined a concrete plan that should be followed from None. E- from episode seven on. It wasn't an outline; it was a relay race. It's like, Wait. hey, let's do a Star Wars film. All right, you do the next one. I'll do the one after that. What the yeah. fuck? Uh. Who? It. It. I. Mm. Okay, so in in elementary school, did y'all ever play this story? Girl Scouts, they play it. So maybe Boy Scouts played it too. Where you're sitting around and somebody starts a story. They start telling a story. And then a buzzer rings and they have to stop their story. And the next person has to pick it up. Yeah. This is what this was like. It was like... A bunch of elementary kids sat around telling a story, and the writers just wrote it down. And then the teacher, J.J. Abrams, was the one who finished the story at the end. I can't. I can't even. It is a. It, you're right, Chris. It is apparent that, and I didn't want to believe it, but watching this film, I'm like, you. You did not have an even just a skeleton of where you wanted this to go. Yeah, there was never any storyboard in place. There was never any anything in place. It was, it was Star Wars Mad Libs. For yeah. six, kind of was for six years. The butt hurt fanboys that I hate have been yelling about <coughs> Kathleen Kennedy. I have never said an ill word towards Kathy Kennedy. I think she's a fine producer. Yeah, but it is her job as the showrunner to ensure that this shit did not happen to ensure the same way I hate to draw the comparison, but I will Kevin Feige 
managed to shepherd 20 completely independent films through the Marvel Universe that each told their own distinct story in their own distinct way, and yet managed somehow to follow a meta plot that ended up paying off in the most satisfying saga-ending way humanly imaginable in possibly one of the greatest cultural milestones of our generation. Okay? Yeah. Now, I'm not asking for that level of insanity. But give me three movies worth of an outline, Kathy. That's your job. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm very disappointed. I'm terribly disappointed. And as as much as I enjoy Kathy Kennedy as a producer and the fine work, she's incredibly well done. I want to see somebody like Favreau take the fucking helm. And the rumor is he's gonna. I hope so. I sincerely hope so. Or at the very least, if you're not going to do it, get a get get a writer director that's going to see through three films solid. Get a contract signed for three films solid, where you have a writer. Listen, say what you want about the prequels. At least they told a cohesive story. At least there was a clear vision from episode one to two to three. You want to yeah. you want to quibble about the details? That's fine. But there was a clear, unified story that was intended to be told. Yep. Okay. Agreed. That's my that's my number one big stuff. Number number two. Number two. They're all kind of falling under that banner. Number two, throwing away the last Jedi. But JJ basically said, "Fuck episode eight. And he wrote episode 8 himself and episode 9 as a single film. Episode 9 was clearly damage control. It was, Krista, you said this at the beginning. This was the best film they could have made under the circumstances. All right? Yeah. Um, yep. You know, I, I mean, there would have been no shame. And as a result, as I've said, it felt like two films crammed into one. There would have been no shame in saying, look, we're going to do an episode 10. There would have been no shame in saying that. 18, you would, 18 I think months ago. It would have pissed off way too many people. Then fine. Then if you, you would have done that. Then you make this a three and a half to four hour film. Uh, that's just too long. No. And and listen, I don't think I don't think you blame JJ on this. You cannot blame him for making this film because he did an amazing fucking job with what he had to work with. It is not his fault that <laughs> this film had to make up for episode eight. But I thought, and it I, was I thought episode definitely eight, you and I differ on that. I, I liked thought episode, episode was eight. great. I thought episode eight was fantastic, and so throwing the baby out with the bathwater seemed like a okay. a a cave to Star Wars fan when most pissed off about episode now, eight. Now, having said that, Krista, you brought up a really good point when we were arguing about this. You said that the one thing about episode eight was that it. It it left no plot to go with. Where do you yeah. go? Where do you go after episode eight? What there story was, is there to there, tell? What did they set up? There, it, it wasn't. It was like there was just no plot whatsoever. It's okay. We've got all these things that episode seven gave us. Um, let's just play with these pieces. But there, there was no purpose, zero purpose to it, and it. It just kind of left you wanting at the end. It's fine if that's what they wanted, you know, 
that they really did truly want the story to go that route as they did in episode eight. But because of episode nine, it's clear that that's not really the direction they wanted to go with the whole story. I don't think they made episode nine as a way to pander to the fanboys or to cave in to people who hated episode eight. Um, I think it was really truly because episode eight was poor storytelling is the bottom line. See, well, okay, no, no, I, I will disagree with that. So you, so, you say it's poor storytelling. <clears throat> well, I think what you mean is it's poor, <coughs> it's poor plot development. What, what episode eight was great for to me was incredible character development was, was the message that episode eight left behind was, holy shit, this is amazing. No, you're, you're from nobody, right? Who is Snoke? Doesn't fucking matter who Snoke is. He's, he's nobody. He's dead now. All right. Anybody can make a difference. I love that message from episode eight, but Krista, what I, what I, what I'm, and forgive me, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm imposing upon what you're saying is it, unlike episode seven, episode eight left no plot threads to pull. I mean, Phil, Dave, can you name a single plot thread, an unanswered question, anything Episode 8 left to build off of the way Empire Strikes Back did? Empire Strikes Back was your your classic middle of the trilogy giant cliffhanger for you to go follow, right? This guy was nothing more than, we are absolutely decimated, how are we going to be able to beat back the impending threat of the first order that was the only thing that was left i thought that episode eight left a wonderful (laughs) thread for for carrot for like from a role-playing standpoint where they talk about this is all we need this is our start this is where we we start the spark of the rebellion and you leap out and you build other bases you build a, a resistance again you you get you get the story of Luke Skywalker standing up to the, the 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 first order by himself, and you're like, this is where it is. This is where you build like stuff in the outer regions, stuff in the inner core, stuff in the stuff in the colony worlds. You build off of that. You you develop all these cells that are going to get together. They're going to galvanize. They're going to raise. Going to restart the Jedi Order with all the books that she got, and. Phil, you're speaking to the blank canvas that Ryan Johnson left. They threw it out. And they just were like, oh, fuck that. We're going to go do what the fans tell me I need to do. Okay, but a film that was ju- that is just about going and setting up a bunch of bases on a bunch of planets is not a film that I want to watch. And the majority happens, of people would not want to. That happens off screen. The, diff- oh. the transition time between Empire and Jedi was six months. I know, but, but see, that, that's the point that that's, there's, there's no other plot there, there's, point to carry over aside from something that happens off screen. And you can't have a story if you don't have a plot. And th- this is what this is what is so upsetting to me. This is why I'm so freaked out, because I love The Last Jedi. I loved it. Do you understand how much I loved it? You got J- Phil, Dave, you were with me on that review episode. You know how much I love that movie. OK. <laughs> And then I see this movie, and what it did was highlight to me the deficiencies. Look, you want to talk about a blank canvas? The second film in a trilogy is not where you set up a blank canvas. You do that in the first fucking film. The second film in the trilogy should leave you with 17 
hanging threads of character development and plot questions and un oh my fuck he's his father how the fuck is he his father okay and then you build off that the last Je the last jedi took what episode 7 did and said fuck that noise and this is why i like the last jedi because it said fuck that noise we're going to do no none of that thing none of that matters we're going to do something new we're going to do something new and amazing but in retrospect after seeing this film it highlights to me that that may not have been the best choice <laughs> there was no plan there was yeah, no, no there no. was no plan that's, that's you, ultimately you, you go back to the there, plan. Was, there was no plan, plan. There was no plan. That was not the way. <laughs> that was not the way. That was not the this way. This is not the way. That was not. That was not the tray. Uh, I mean, I mean, but but when you so I'm upset that it, it it shit on episode eight, and I'm upset that it now made me question episode eight. Okay, I'm upset about both things. Um, Ray's lineage, like like you know, episode eight's message was fuck that noise. Your parents were nobody. They traded you for drinking money. It doesn't look at look at you. Look at Broom Boy. It doesn't matter who you are. You don't have to be from some mythic bloodline to make a difference in the universe. And then this film says, apparently, apparently this film says no. Apparently you do. Apparently you do. You do have to have a powerful blood. Okay, and let's talk about. It. So Palpatine had a kid with yeah, who? Okay. With who? When? Did it happen when he was a young hot senator or after he got all prune faced and shit? That must Who, have been that must have been awkward. Do it. Do it now. <laughs> I you know, I, I I don't have a big problem with that, right? I, I I don't have a huge problem with that. And 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 now I just remembered something that Favreau said that that I realize now why Ray had to be a Skywalker. Um and so it, I, I don't care. Just like we, you're not when when Mara Jade shows up, you're not going to care how Ray had the kid, but she had a kid. Okay, great. Same basic deal here. I don't, I don't have a big issue with it. I mean, I, I guess I just, I just like, oh, okay, okay, all right. So, so okay. So Snoke, Snoke in Episode Eight said he was the one who I, I know this for said he linked Ray and Kylo together. All right. But now we find out that that didn't matter, that didn't happen, or it wasn't true, or it didn't really, that they're just a naturally occurring force dyad, or whatever that is. Is there a force triad? I don't know. I don't know. This episode, but, this episode, is, the, this is, episode is the force quadrad. They're the force quadrad, which is right here. Exactly. I think, do, guys, do we have an episode title? Is this, is this the force quadrad? Uh, it might very well so. be. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Okay. So. Fair, 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 fairly enough. Um, what other big problems that I have? Um, the most awkward kiss in the history of Star Wars. We talked about that. I think we went through that one. Had right. nauseum. Okay. Has it caused me nausea? Okay. Okay. So my last big issue. My last big issue, guys. Please, please poke holes in this for me. Make me make me believe I'm wrong. All right. I want to talk about Palpatine's ridiculous plan. So he wants Ray dead, but then he doesn't want Ray dead. He wants Ray to kill him so that he can then possess her, but then he just sucks the life from her and Kylo to be himself again, so he didn't really need to possess Ray. 
And then, and then you find out, well, okay, he, he, he cloned or created or whatever did to whatever Snoke. He made Snoke and he built up the entire First Order from the shadows, apparently. But then he also had this entire remnant Sith force with Sith troopers and Sith officers. And, and what were they called, Phil? What's the class of Star Destroyer that they are? Xyphos. Uh, Zeiston, Zeiston, Zeiston class. Yeah. What? What? A thousand <laughs> Zeiston class star destroyers being built, each one of which has the power of a Death Star. Like, so why did he need the First Order? Why did he create it? Why yeah, did he create it? It's smoke and mirrors. I mean, that's all it is. He obviously Palpatine's gonna understand understand um, Kylo well enough that he's probably going to know that he's going to tell Kylo go kill Ray because if he said bring her back to me alive Kylo's not going to do that he is not going to do that so he knows it's it's he's igniting um a series of events that will eventually lead to Ray being there in front of him he knows that it's going to trigger Kylo and this trigger Ray to come back to him. Additionally, maybe he wasn't strong enough to do anything but the first order. You know, as his body was being built or he was trying to get out of the clone juice or whatever's in those <laughs> pods <laughs> that they have to soak in. Um and so that's why I was wrong. Know. This episode is not called the Force Quadrad. We're gonna call it Clone <laughs> Juice. <laughs> um. So you know, the First Order is how he could still have his tendrils out there, um, while he's soaking in his clone juice. The baby Yoda juice. I still maintain that. <laughs> the, the baby Yoda so juice. I, I'm not. I wasn't completely. <sighs> Afterwards, though, looking at it, it does seem very haphazard. It's like he's just taking advantage of a bunch of opportunities that happen to pop up. The same thing goes for Ray and Poe and Finn, for that matter. They just happen to take advantage of these opportunities that just, you know, hand wavy or wand wavy, whatever, pop up. And, And Palpatine was doing the same thing. Or maybe this was part of his plan all along. Or maybe it's just we had to do something so that J.J. could finish the movie. <laughs> it just plays into a greater haphazard of, of just overall process to me. You know what they needed? They needed a product manager for Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so you look at that final those final scenes when he's got basically the auditorium the uh, the stadium full of sith acolytes or whatever the hell they are um and you look at those numbers and you realize okay there's probably about maybe what 50 60,000 beings there maybe probably that's a crew for what 10 15 of those star destroyers tops those were the assholes not skilled enough to be on the Star Destroyers, Phil. Right. Those those were the runts of the litter that didn't get enough Yoda juice. Well, they it's so they kind of needed the First Order because the First Order was out there in the galaxy. And they needed, like, even the First Order said, we need to increase our recruitment yeah. drives. It, well, it, yeah. 
and even the stupidest one of those fifty thousand, the one that didn't make the fifty thousand, that was Hux. True. True. So the, why they need the first order? Because the first order was out there. The first order was going to get them the people that they needed to fill all those ships, to fill all those armors that they were making. Palpatine didn't have an army. He had he had a, a, a large cult, but he didn't have the army to field all those ships. That's what he needed the first order for. That's what he needed Kylo Ren out there doing. Right. Um, but as far as everything else goes, Chris, I don't think I'm going to be able to come up with a reason as to what that would satisfy you. Um I, I I kind of agree. This 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 entire Palpatine storyline came out of utter left field. It's it reeked of retcon. That's all it was. That's that's all it was. You're, well, you're trying you're trying to you're trying to make sense of insanity for for no purpose other than the fact there was a hand wave of oh hey here's how we can well, try well, to do well, it. Well, well, but you missed what Phil said. He said, but I enjoyed it anyway. I and I did too, and that's the thing. I, I like I said, I enjoyed the film, so I'm not going to quibble about it, so to speak. I'm just going to be like, this is weird. It just didn't work. That's why it's a that's why it's a borderline tier one, tier two film for me. So you know, we also didn't talk about one of my favorite lines in the entire film. Which was never underestimate a droid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is this is something that I love about the film. My kiddo. Um, what it when I don't remember the situation. When was this? I think it was today, Chris. She popped up and she said something like, "We're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did it." And she goes, "Never underestimate a girl." And I was like, "Yes!" And she was, she was exactly taking that quote from from because it was it was Leia who said it, and then. You know, and she took it and she turned it into her own that she recognized and associated herself with a droid. But then she's like, well, I'm not a droid, but I am a girl. So and and so I think that was beautiful and wonderful. And another good friend of ours went and saw it today. And afterwards, she posted a picture of her daughter, like enthusiastically posed with a lightsaber in the living room just <laughs> ready to you know be a badass girl who can kick ass and to me that was incredibly powerful and for all of the ways that we can pick apart the the story that that was makes it all worth it and wonderful and that's really what it's about right it's it's um inspiring people yeah. to Imagine that they are more than what the world tries to tell them they are. Yeah. Yep. And that's, that's, what, and that's that supposed what, to be what Star Wars is, right? Well, I, and to be fair, I believe, I don't think any of you could argue with me, that was the underlying message of this film. All the way down to, my name is Ray Skywalker. She even has a line. Everyone thinks, everyone keeps telling me they know me. But no one does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no one does. Girl power. Spice Girl should have had a cameo in this fucking movie. Okay, now, now okay. we're out of hands. So now that I've told you the great thing that I love about it, I want to tell you one of my biggest problems. Oh, Uh-oh. please. Okay. You, have, you have a problem? I have a, I have a really big problem who's drinking right now. <laughs> 
Sorry. Hey, no. With the film. With the film. A problem with the film. In the original series, who's the hero? In the original series, meaning Luke the Scott? four, five, six. Luke Skywalker. Four, five, six. No. R two. R two. Okay. Well, they want you to. R two's really the hero. They want you to think it's Luke Skywalker, but yes, it's R two D two. Yes. Okay. Who who's R two D two in this in this series in seven eight nine? Ray. We don't have one. No, Ray is the hero. <coughs> but Ray is is the mirror of Luke. But we don't have the one R2-D2 who's the real hero and storyteller. We all know why R2's the hero. It's because he's actually the one telling the story, right? And so he changes it slightly to make him appear to be the one that always is saving the day. And you you don't have that with this one. Um, I think that was maybe a missed opportunity with hmm. this series. This I, think it, I think then it was BB-8. Yeah, but only in the first two. He didn't do anything in this one. He was present. Yeah, no. he, was he was present. present. Yeah, he was there. He was present. He, we, he we... went, look, Dio! That was, that was can, it. Well, okay, but That's can, all he can, did. Can we also talk about the fact that BB-8 transition from being Poe's homeboy to Ray's homeboy in this film fully. BB-8 yeah. was with Ray constantly and to the point that R2-D2 was actually flying with Poe in his X-Wing during the battle. Well, that was because they knew they needed um, they knew they needed BB-8 to be, well, honestly, BB-8's more mobile than R2 is. So that's why R2 went with Finn. I mean, sorry, that's why BB-8 was with Finn because he's more, <laughs> he was keeping up with the freaking horses. That's true. R2 couldn't do that. And they had yeah. moments. They had moments. Oh in the wait, R2 movie. can fly. They keep forgetting. Not, he hasn't not flown any, since not like anymore. You know, not anymore. In episode three, his jets get shorted out, and you can see that happening. And apparently, they just never got repaired in fifty fucking years. So that's the. Uh, <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, uh, I did enjoy, uh, BB-8's mobility in this film. There were several scenes where he was hauling ass. Yeah. And like, mm. like, 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 like moving hard. And you're like, yeah, go BB-8. Um. Roll it, buddy. Roll it. Um, I do have to say, though, if there was a BB-8 running alongside my horse, that BB-8 wouldn't exist in me. A horse is not going to put up with that. Horse would be like... Even a a space horse. I'm sorry. Fuck fuck that noise. Stomp, stomp, stomp. (laughs) Stomp kick. It's going to go flying in the air. Isn't it considerate (laughs) that of all, like, you know, the, 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 all the cities in the galaxy out there that, you know, even though they don't have, like, handicapped access ramps, they do still have a small enough ramp that rolling droids can roll upstairs? Isn't that Did you notice that? I love that. You noticed that? The little ramp, yeah. It's very good. It's very good. Little the little ramp. You notice you notice the little ramp. Okay, so we're gonna go around the table. Final thoughts on the film, and I'm gonna put you all on the spot for a ranking. I want a ranking of episodes one through nine, including Rogue One and including Solo. Dave, you've you're you're ahead of the curve because you've already ranked it. So we're gonna yeah. start we're gonna start with you. Final thoughts on the film. And your ranking. 
All as, right. As deep so, or as detailed uh, as you want to get with the ranking. I, you know, I, I, I don't have <clears throat> my final thoughts. Have already been, uh, um, have already been uttered. I think in this, uh, in in this in this, I don't have anything more to add in terms of what I liked and what I didn't like. I, um, uh, aside from maybe the whole uh, when Palpatine got his face melted, you know, did that call out any other Harrison Ford moment like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? I don't know. Um. So, ranking wise, for me, I have I do tiers. So tier zero to me is the you know leader in the clubhouse, best of the best. There's one tier zero film for me, and that's Rogue One. Um, I believe it did absolutely everything a Star Wars film should do. It was entertaining. It was well done. The characters were okay. I mean, for me, it was a hundred percent the best movie there is. Empire Strikes Back leads the tier one for me. So you get Empire, you get Last Jedi. Return of the Jedi and Rise of Skywalker for me in tier one. So that's four films that are good to me. And Rise of Skywalker, I believe, is good, not great, but still good. And I'm going to watch it again, and maybe it might even come up a little bit. I don't know. I But I really, really enjoyed Return of the Jedi. I thought Last Jedi was fantastic, and Empire Strikes Back as well. Empire. Tier two is A New Hope, Force Awakens. Solo and Revenge of the Sith in that order. Um, and even Solo has some room to move up because I've, I've watched it a couple of times since and find some things that I kind of like about it. Um, tier three is Attack of the Clones and tier shit is Phantom Menace for me. So there you go. Phil, final thoughts and ranking? As I said, solid into the saga. Um, I don't. I don't think they would have done any better. Could they have? Sure, but I don't think they would have done it any better. Um, I'm with Dave. Top tier film, Rogue One. It's it's my childhood, grown up with some dirt on it. Um, second. Second row is Empire Strikes Back. You know, second after this Empire Strikes Back. Third, fourth, fifth will constantly be in shifting. I think Rise of Skywalker is somewhere in there. It's top five for me. So where it is in there, I'm not sure. Um, that's 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 pretty much where I live. Anywhere and, and if all the other films beneath it, just kind of everything shifts around to based on my my enjoyment. I would, I would have to really sit down and, and piece together where all the films fit in. But I want to say Rise of Skywalker is definitely top five, but not top three. I'm with you, brother. Krista, final thoughts? Any rankings? I will repeat what I said a little bit earlier, that I loved this film in that it accomplished what Star Wars sets out to accomplish, and that's to inspire us to imagine ourselves greater. Um, and then as far as rankings, I don't know like where to put Rogue One or Han or, or Solo, um, but my rankings of films, six would probably be my top then five, and then nine. So I would put this one in the top three. And then I'd put one 
after that because it was really the first time I ever saw Star Wars and I was at the age that <laughs> that film was trying to target and uh, um, so it did a good job for me and then four then seven then two then eight then three I'm sorry. Three and eight. <laughs> like it matters. <laughs> Somebody's going to like hold me to that. Need to make sure the record's straight. All right. What about you? What about you? Um, final thoughts. <clears throat> I enjoyed the film. It was entertaining. I would enjoy watching it again. I would be happy to watch it again. I still felt it was two films crammed into one. I'm sad that they did their best to say fuck you to episode eight. If I had to rank, let's go bottom to top. Worst to best for me. Episode <coughs> one. <laughs> On top of that, you got episode two. On top of that, you got episode three. Then you've got Solo. <laughs> Then I would say episode 7. After that, I would put this film. I would put episode 9. After that, I would put episode 6, Return of the Jedi. After that, I would put episode 8. After that, I would put Rogue One. And then my top 2 would be Return of the Jedi, episode Six, and then on top of that, episode five, the number one film, Empire Strikes Back. That's my ranking. Fair? Fair. <laughs> All right. I like it. Well, guys, we have been jawing for over three hours on episode yep. eight. Yep. And this has been, or excuse me, I'm sorry, episode nine. Um, episode nine. Niner. Uh, forgive me, I am extremely... I'm, I'm, I'm probably about seven or eight sheets to the wind at this point. Um, seven or eight. Yes, not three. Seven or eight. <laughs> you know what, Dave? I'm nine sheets to the wind. How about that? I'm nine <clears throat> sheets to the wind. We've um, lost We've we've lost half our audience. <laughs> yeah. Southern comfort. Well, yeah, yes. that's, that's what's... It's, God, God damn you, Soka. Um... Krista, Dave, thank you for coming on for this episode. Um, yeah. It has been a true pleasure and privilege to have this force quadrad back um, uh, for the, the, the four voices that have made the Order 66 podcast what it is um, over the last 11 years, <laughs> um, uh, which is pretty staggering. Uh, we're a podcast that loves Star Wars. We love it. And, uh, you know, I'm very tempted to talk about the this film as, you know, it's the end of an era. It's the end of a saga. It's the end of, of so much. But ah, uh, but it's not. But it's so not. Oh, yeah. my God. It's like the Mandalorian is kicking so much ass. It's not even funny. 
I saw a meme today. It's like, how can you expect me to enjoy Christmas when Baby Yoda might be in danger? <laughs> I love that meme. Oh my god! All right, and we've got a six-part Kenobi series coming, directed by Deborah Chow, who has directed who the has the best, best Mandalorian, the best oh. Mandalorian episodes, including the one that just came, um, the, the one that just passed. Like, I am so free. That like like. We keep saying this. The time has never been better to be a Star Wars fan. I am, I am thrilled. What The Mandalorian is bringing, what Disney Plus is bringing, it's incredible as we have this wonderful episodic storytelling that awaits us until the next Star Wars films because we know they're making more and they're not going to stop. But it's going to be a new story, a new saga, a new trilogy to ignite things. And I genuinely can't wait. Yeah. <clears throat> and does it have to be a new trilogy? I, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I think this is. Uh, I think they're going to wake up and take a note from Marvel. They need some time that's what I hear. That's what I hear. They, they need they're some gonna, time to build an ecosystem, and let's go. They're they're going to do a Marvel route, I think. Which I've, makes sense. You've got a Mando. So. You've got um, Obi Wan. I mean, you've got all these series centered around a single character and then to do a buddy flick where you bring them all together it works I, it's a formula that works i sincerely hope so but I, I think i think the time couldn't be better to be a star wars fan than it is right now the 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 episode nine was like a culmination but also a hurdle i i'm not only gratified but i'm relieved I'm relieved about what we what we've moved on from and what we're moving to, and the time to be a Star Wars fan is right now, <coughs> and that is going to continue with the Order sixty six podcast. So, guys, thank you for joining <laughs> us for this incredibly unusual episode uh, that really eschews our normal format, where you literally listen to us jaw for three and a half hours about fandom and 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 what it means. We hope that some of our discussion has inspired you has inspired your games going forward. Uh, we want you to become a member of the Gamer Nation overall. Of course, email us. Let us know. GM Chris, GM Dave, GM Phil at d20radio.com. Join us on social media. Find us uh, at D20 Radio or the Order 66 Podcast Facebook page. Give us a call. Phone us. 262-D20Radio. That's 262-320-7234. We want to get your liners. Tell us why you never listen to the Order 66 Podcast. Do it slightly drunk like I am right now. So that your 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 proper verbiage can be expressed in that drunken manner that is so entertaining to the airwaves. I'm just I'm just saying. That's right. <laughs> but with that, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we can't wait to join you in the next episode. Um, Dave, TG, thank you for coming on. Thank you for joining us. This has been truly enjoyable. Of course. Yeah. Thank you for having us. And with that, this is GM Chris wishing you peace, love, and good gaming. This is the way. <laughs> this is GM Phil. Good gods, do I have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> and then what did I used to say? What? And may the dice roll in your favor? <laughs> may the odds be ever in your favor. I don't think you said that. It, yeah. I don't. But you said, said it, it now, and that's all that mattered. 
You've been listening to the Order 66 podcast brought to you by Ethan Kinsey, GM Scott, Jeremy Bensley, Bert Ingley, Joshua Taylor, and William Thiel. This podcast and related websites are not affiliated with Fantasy Flight Games, 20th Century Fox, Walt Disney Corporation, or Lucasfilm Limited, and its content is meant for educational and entertainment purposes only. All original content is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast and Gamer Nation, LFC. Yeah.